Hello everyone, welcome back to the One Talk podcast, you're here with your host Ryan and Gaudi. Hello, hello. And we've got an amazing guest on today, powerful energy, that's the best word I've got right now. Yes sir. Tony Jarrett. Pleasure to have you bro. Pleasure. Thanks for having me boys, we started off well. <laughs> yeah we did, that was great. I just want to explain what we just did. So Todd just ran us through this breath work stillness for two minutes and I feel a lot calmer after it. Definitely. I think we this is probably something we have to do before starting a potty now every time. Oh, say, definitely. Yeah, it's, that was good. <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah, it creates a state. You you know, you increase your energy and then you can also create that mindfulness yeah. so you're present, you're fully here, fully now. It's yeah. so good, so quick, so effective. Yeah. Two minutes, bang. Yeah, yeah so... Exactly. So it's only two minutes out of your day, yeah. 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 Oh, dude. So good. So I wanted to start for our listeners. Just want to give us a quick rundown of who you are and what you do and how you, why you're here. Okay. Yeah. So as the boys said, my name is Todd Jarrett. Uh, I'm an outback country kid, and uh, I've still got that deep in my roots. I love country music first and foremost, yeah, dude. Yeah. Love rocking out. Um, but what I do now is I'm a subconscious coach, mental performance coach, primarily with um, professional athletes whether that be you know world championships or Olympic athletes, things of that nature. Um, and I came into that actually from, my background was in motocross, dirt bikes. And as I went further and further through with racing, I got more interested in training and you know in high school, like yeah. PE and health and that kind of thing. And yeah. I had one teacher in high school that really kind of lit that fire. Um, she was my PE teacher during year 11 and 12, um, Catherine Carroll, Miss Britt back in the day. And then... I took that and, and went to uni, studied sports science, and you know I was a PT. Obviously, did my cert three and four early on, so I could be, you know, as we would say, getting runs on the board or um, yeah. count the tally. So getting my coaching reps up, and I was working with um, athletes down in Victoria, and then had an opportunity to intern at an epic facility, a sports science facility that's well known in the industry down in Melbourne, and learnt a lot there. Oh, and nice took that to, to what I was doing and then eventually moved up to the sunny coast to teach at the uni um, in sports science and exercise physiology where I was, you know, tutoring and lecturing there. And yeah. and uh, then from there, just by demand from the students, we actually, um, a business sort of came from that naturally, which was TJT. And that was all about upskilling, educating and teaching allied health professionals. So personal trainers, strength and conditioning coaches, gym owners, physiotherapy students, and things like that from around the Southeast Queensland area. Yeah. Um, that sort of spawned from the demand and grew over a couple of years. And during that time, I'd obviously, I'd been on my personal development mindset journey from a young age, really kind of started without me knowing around 10 or 11 in terms of, the, you know, the mental stories I had going on, but yeah. it really clicked when I was around 14, 15, as you boys have heard from other podcast yeah. interviews. Yeah. And, and when I started to take it as kind of like, this is the direction I need to move with my athletes was around 2017 when, you know, we had arguably the best programs in the country, if not the world in, in the background sport of mine, motocross, yes. but our guys weren't winning races. They were, you know, they were up there, but their performance markers weren't aligning with what the results they were getting. And so I started going deeper into, okay, looking at their mindset, looking at their, you know, at that point, limiting beliefs and stories and, and those things. And and that continued on. And, and uh, I guess around, I've obviously had a pretty crazy health journey the last few years. And yeah. that brought me really to the point of, of the power of the mind. You know, I've, I've been knocking on death's door before and been on heavy, heavy level medication. Um, you know, the equivalence of like chemotherapy and leukemia level yeah. meds at once and, and all kinds of blood infusions and things like that. And 
and the doctors and the surgeons and told me that, you know, there's no way you can heal without the medication. The medication is your only way to get through this, so on and so forth and doing their job. But eventually they told me that the medication wasn't working. I wasn't getting better. And so I had to make a really scary decision, but I was like, I'm not taking the medication anymore. I know that I have the innate power within myself to heal myself through the power of the mind. And I went from, you know, knocking on death's door. My liver and my kidneys were literally shutting down. Um, I was, I couldn't get out of bed for about two months. Um, Legitimately, like I was, I could either get out of bed, I'd go to the toilet and just shit blood. And that's all I could do for, you know, I was was actually doing that, you know, the issues with the stomach for about a year and a half, two years. But, you know, my mindset at that point was like just push just keep going go harder when the things get tough push harder through it and that obviously made things worse and through that journey i got deeper into mindfulness and as we were chatting about pre-podcast about you know these meditation courses and these silent retreats that i've um been through my journey kind of started deep into that in terms of understanding more of the subconscious and how we're wired and that's when i started going okay, there's more to this than meets the eye and more to this than even the science at the moment can show. And so I guess I was always the guy that was all about science. Like if it can't be proven by science, it doesn't exist because that was my background. I'd been the science guy, I'd been the analytical, I'd been to uni, I taught at uni. And then I had these profound, deep experiences and I was like, science can't prove this. Like there's nothing right now that can show this. And that's when I started to realize experience is a completely different thing. And so I've really, the last couple of years, embodied rewiring my own subconscious and changing my whole life and my identity. And it's been a remarkable journey. And from that, I've been able to have athletes and, and you know high-level um, businesses come to me and go, we see what you've done. We want that too. And and that's, I guess, where I am now is working with those, those athletes and, and those companies to really shift their whole subconscious because that is a driving factor behind everything we do we don't even the smallest things we don't realize but it's almost all completely driven by the subconscious even the conscious decisions we make are pre-framed by our subconscious and most people don't realize why they're not achieving their goals or why they're not able to take that next step or get through that breakthrough or why they keep trying this same thing but keep hitting the same kind of wall or getting to the same point and repeating the pattern so that's when i was like this is all subconscious so my journey's just gone deep into that and that's where i'm at now and i guess that's where we are today chatting about the mind mindset and mindfulness is it like the subconscious Mm. is that like premeditate your consciousness Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they're obviously within the brain. They are connected. Yeah. Um, the different different lobes and different layers of the brain. They're all kind of in one matter, one mass. But they're lit up in different kind of aspects. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you know when you start a car, the whole thing doesn't light up at once. Mm-hmm. You know you've got the spark and the fuel and the piston and you know that goes and then it goes through and then it goes through the exhaust. So it's different times, yeah. all very fast, but. Um, in, in that way, there's more the deeper parts of the mind, as you know, a lot of people have heard of, you know, the reptilian brain. Then we've yeah. got, you know, the mammalian brain up top and things like that. There's different layers. And the way I explain it to people is kind of like the layers of an onion. And most people are living their life trying to change it on the outer layer of the onion. But what they really need to get to is the deepest layer, the core, kind of like the seeds of an apple. That's where the big change comes. And that's what I've come to understand about the the identity of our human experience is the deepest part of our subconscious experience. And when we can tap into reframing that, we reframe everything we do in life. So, yeah, man, it's honestly that the results that I've seen with the guys that I've worked with 
are beyond what I could have comprehended. If someone yeah. 12 months ago said this is what you would have done, I'd be like, no way, like, that's crazy. Yeah. But through implementing the, the process and the system and the guys ticking the boxes, they've done it and that's why I'm, I, I know that I'm right now, I'm only 26 and I'm so young, but I know from what I've been through, like what I've gone through is a gift. You know, some yeah. people would say, dude, you've been through hell, like you've nearly died twice. Yeah. But those things have brought me to where I am now to share this with the world, yeah. to empower others to literally shift and transform their life. So, um, yeah, that's that I'm so passionate about it because, the you know, the results that we've seen, just they're largely incomparable. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Daniel. If you wanted to talk about Daniel, yeah, Danny yeah, boy, the yeah. results from that because when I was listening to on the um, technician podcast, yeah, bloody awesome seeing the transition of how he's going right now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the context to, to Dan is I looked up to Dan. So through yeah. my background in motocross, yeah. dirt bikes, Dan was a professional racer for you know fifteen years, um, and he'd ridden for every factory team, which is kind of like playing for every NRL team in the mm. country over those years, and um, he'd finished you know second in so many championships, but he never won a major championship. And I can still remember when he was my idol in two thousand and twelve. I just remember that season so clearly. Anyway, in uh, 2016, start of 2017, he was in a crash over in the UK and he was a T11, T12 paraplegic. Um, so he's, you know, lost complete yeah. use. He had like a little bit of his, his left quad could fire up and that was about it. And, you know, he had a bit of progress for the first two years post-injury. Like he could get a bit of, you know, he got more feeling back to his stomach and, and was able to, you know, control more of those, you know, those um, organ functions and things like that. But no major change in his in his legs. He had a little bit of hamstring change for a bit. And then largely for the last three years, he's had no change. And he'd actually said he only mentioned this to me a while ago we're actually going to chop my right leg off because he said it's a dead weight nothing's changed nothing's progressed my left leg i can at least use my quad to like straighten my knee but nothing else functions and anyway he came to me uh might have been february i'd been working with a, a high level pro athlete in the u.s and he kind of knew from family friends that we were working together and he's like yeah you know do you want to work together and at that point, he was more, he just wanted to do upper body because he just wanted to be like, I can carry myself around more comfortably, whatnot. And I said, Look, I'm doing you a disservice if I don't put my heart and soul into yeah. let's get you fucking walking. Yeah. Like, he'd kind of given up, you know, I wouldn't say given up, but in a way, he'd yeah. given up on it because he'd been yeah, to so be many strain on your mental, you know, going through something like that. So, yeah, like, it would nearly make you give up, right? Yeah. Well, when it's been five years and yeah. there hasn't been progress That's for that it. long and you've seen all of those people, you kind of get to a point of acceptance. Like, yeah. this is just how it is. And, you know, through my experience of, of healing myself against the doctors and surgeons orders and, and, and my learning from, you know, Joe Dispenza and, and Bruce Lipton and, and people like that that have had these incredible healing processes through the, through the mind and the power of belief at the energetic level, I was like, we're going to do this. Like, we can do this because I've seen some remarkable things. You know, the meditation course, the, the last one that I was at, I saw a guy that had what we'd call peripheral neuropathy. He couldn't feel the sensation in his legs for like 30 years. Uh, he was an older guy, I think like in his 70s. And his his legs were grey, all the, from his knees down because they wouldn't. He hadn't had blood flow. He couldn't feel or t like touch sensation from his knees down for all these years. Through the vipassana, going to the level of uh, awareness of energy, not like trying to feel the skin, but feeling the energy. Because you think about it, like 
within mass and matter, there is energy. So although there might not be a nerve signal to that skin, there is, you know, there's tissue in there, which means there has to be energy. So when he took his his awareness deeper than the level of the nerve tissue and went to the energy, it lit everything up. He came out of the course when we were allowed to talk again after the 10th day and we sat down and it was one of those things where I was like, I know I met this guy for a reason and we spoke in that way for a reason because Dan had only come to me right before that course to, you know, hey, I want to work with you. And then when I saw this guy's experience where his legs had he had color in his legs so there was blood flow there he could feel everything and he's like i haven't felt anything for 30 years yeah. and i was like wow this stuff is powerful so when i came out i said to dan we're doing this and you are going to walk again mm-hmm. so i guess to to come to where dan is was at um we didn't do anything physical at all for the you know we've been working together since maybe end of March, start of April, so four four months. Yeah. For the first two months, we did nothing physical. All we did was assess his subconscious, start to pick out blind spots that he had that were, you know, wiring him to be a particular way, pull them apart so he could be aware, and we just did that and breath work. And obviously breath work at the level of the, the energy will getting more flow through the body and muscles just started turning on. Legi- legitimately, it was incredible. Nothing physical. Like he's from is incredible. just yeah, having his, no, his no, left... I'm, I'm amazed. Dude, yeah. from his only having his left VMO turning on, his left... So in terms of your quads, you got the outer quad, you got the middle, and then you got the inner. So the, the middle quad started lighting up, then the outer quad, then he started getting his inner quad. So his whole left quad started lighting up. And then he even, so in terms of like kind of like the process that's gone on, from there he started getting hamstring on that side that he'd never had before. And then he was able, his right side, which had been dead for five years, nothing, no matter what they tried, nothing had worked. His right side adductor just started lighting up and turning on. He could move it. And then, so he his hip flexor started lighting up where he could lift his knee. And then his TFL on his right side started to grab because he could move it out. And then the calf on his left side is now turning on. He can move, like, this is the craziest part. I got him during a breath work. I said, focus I'm your so energy. Shocked, Dude. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's nice. Nice. Yeah, that's oh. hectic. That is... That's proper. Wow! Like, um, I'll get to it in a moment. What what this means for the world of paralysis in in this experience? This is like medication. Yes. Yes. Natural. Yeah. In the medication. You think? Hundred percent. You think how much money goes into stem cell therapy? Like people are putting two hundred and fifty grand into stem cell therapy treatment. We can do breath work for Mm -hmm. free, and people can get this kind of result. We were. I was with Dan during a breath work, and I said, "Look." You know, from that experience with the Vipassana, I said, I want you to not try to feel anything. Just observe the energy in your toes. And he'd he'd had movement in his toes, but not by control. You know, kind of like a random nerve stimulus. It'd move. He'd be like, hey, my toe moved. But he didn't have control ever. And when when we were in the breath work, I said, focus your energy on your toes. Bring your attention to that, the vibration within. I was like, okay, now what I want you to do is move the energy within your big toe. And then, lo and behold, that big toe starts flexing and extending. And then I was like, okay, crazy, yeah. now start taking your attention in the, to the energy of your, you know, your pinky toe. 
and that starts going up and down. And I'm obviously he's in the breath, so I'm trying not to lose. Yeah. But I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. like this is incredible. This is mind blowing. Even for me that has the belief in it, yeah. when you're seeing it, yeah, when you're seeing oh it, oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, now go to the middle toes. And then he was he was actually able to separate them. He couldn't feel them moving, but he was able to consciously move them because he was going below the level of the nerve cell to the energy within the body. And that's you know at the the quantum physics level, or we go at the yeah. subatomic particles. We are energy. So that's where it's like. Like when we go to that level, we can get there. But in saying that, the only way we got to this, and this is what I said to Dan in the beginning, I said, bro, I want you to know that you're, the way your subconscious mind is right now, you could go to every physical therapist in the world and you're not going to walk. Mm-hmm. It won't happen because your subconscious mind, the way he was wired was, I'm good, but I'm not great. You know, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm this guy. I've got these issues. I'm at this mm-hmm. point of acceptance. And I said, we've got to change that because if you, the easiest way to think of it is like you've got a shut door and you're trying to get stuff through that door and it just keeps banging up against it. That's like the subconscious is going, we can try all of this exercise. We can do this and this and this, but if it doesn't believe it can be healed and it's got this point of this is just who I am, this is how it is, you don't get that. But when we open the door and go, this is possible, the signals can flow through and I haven't had, you know, lasers inside of him or a surgery inside of him to see what's going on energetically, but we're seeing it happen day in and day out to the point where he had tried to ride a you know a push bike way back when he first came you know from his injury tried to get on one because he could just use his left quad and that's it but he could get to the all he could do was get to the bottom of one leg because he didn't have hamstring he couldn't pull it up so he couldn't ride anything so they gave up on it from this process from this you know this level of belief like this is working this stuff is blowing my mind like what we're at I didn't realize but he (laughs) his sister I'm sorry his sister his uh, fiance and he FaceTimed um, her sister, my housemate at the time, Shani. And they were like, look at this. And anyway, I just heard them chatting. So I walked in and I was like, what's going on? He's sitting there on a stationary cycle riding the bike. And I was like, what? Yeah. So they, he's gone from riding a stationary cycle to they got him out on a push bike. And now my training with him on a Thursday, so our specific Thursday is we, I get him on the push bike and we ride from his place to a friend's. We go and use the, we do breath work, then infrared sauna and cycle back. Like he's riding a push bike. Yeah, that's, that's after, amazing. That's, and so I've just said to, we're obviously doing more and more physical exercises now because yeah, we're at that point yeah, we can, yeah. but it's still this continuation of focus on the energy, focus on this. Whenever you're feeling it, don't be feeling for the muscle or the skin, mm. feel the energy. Man, it's just like this constant progression and it's wow. it's you know the same kind of thing I know in your in Rise Notes for this was like my sense of smell yeah that was the first thing that made me believe I could actually heal mm. nerve so nerve tissue so what actually happened with me was you know I've, I've had the 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 medical diagnosis for me was ulcerative colitis, which is when the immune system attacks your large intestines and I don't associate with that label anymore because yeah. it kind of like it's like you're stuck with it forever. So I go, no, I just had damaged cells in my gut and I needed to give my body the time and what it needed to heal. Because, mm. you know, when we cut ourselves open, our body heals itself naturally. Yeah. It has the capacity too. But what we typically do nowadays is go, oh, quick, medicate it. You know, chuck that in, that'll yeah. make it quicker. But a lot of the time that's band-aiding it and we don't get to fix, you know, yeah. the underlying. Mm. So that process for me was was deep and powerful. But the one that really 
got me because I'd listened to Dr. This is for everyone listening. If you want to understand like healing naturally, Dr. Joe Dispenza has three incredible books. He has more, but three, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, You Are the Placebo and Becoming Supernatural are incredible books and he has series online and things like that as well I've listened to that one audible yeah it's good yeah isn't it and then Bruce Lipton who was kind of like the the pioneer of this side of things which was epigenetics how we can actually change our genetic code Um, he was the scientist that discovered it and he was written off as a heretic because you know it went against you know the whole DNA side of things but that's what they found and he's got an incredible book called The Biology of Belief and then he also has a few others that go deeper into the science. But I'd listen to their stuff and I'd absorb their information for, for four or five years. But I, I, you know when you, you can be taught something in your head but you don't embody it? Like, you know, we all know how to lose weight. But, you know, yeah. it's like the doing it is a different process. Exactly. So I got to this point where I was starting to heal my gut and it hadn't ever occurred to me but I'd never had a sense of smell. So from the time I was born, I could never remember smelling. And um, when I was around 15, maybe 16, I remember what happened was two things happened within like maybe a few weeks. One was that I'm a dirt bike racer back then and I couldn't smell the difference between diesel and petrol. And I, you know, stuffed up and put diesel in a dirt bike, which doesn't cause a happy dad. So mum was like, well, we need to get this sorted. And then not long after, I left the gas on at home without knowing. And they've come home and like, whoa. So that was when mum was like, we need to get this checked out. So we went to some, you know, ENTs and specialists. And they said, look, you've you've got two things going on. You've got benign tumors, polyps in in your skull that are compressing the olfactory nerve. But then also when I was a kid, when I was like two or three, I smashed my nose in the A-frame of a trailer straight through the bridge and um, and they said I may have you know I've, I've severed the nerve through my yeah. olfactory because obviously all the tests they went through I never smelt anything they said look you, you have no sense of smell it doesn't seem like you're ever going to smell again we've done all these tests you know that's just the way it is now so I'd accepted that just like for Dan he'd accepted this is how it is and then when I was healing my gut last year mm. it's like if I can heal my gut I'm going to heal my nose. I'm going to create a sense of smell. It can be done. It will be done. So I started practicing and going through this, you know, the the, the breath work and and the um the energetic practices. You could call it energetic healing, whatever yeah. you, you want to say. Yeah. And I did that. And within around three weeks, I had my first experience of smelling something, and it was like hit me like a yeah. ton of bricks. Mm. And then it's just continued to progress. Where now it's I can smell everything. I'm learning to differentiate yeah. because imagine if you've been. Um, blind your whole life and then you can see color it's like when someone says to you that's red and that's blue you're like uh i can see there's a difference but how do you compare that to purple yeah Yeah, yeah. the distinction is a challenge so for me it's like tea tree oil versus garlic i'm like i can smell but what's i'm learning the differences it's like trying to pick red and maroon Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Same thing with smell. Like it'd be so hard to try to pick up and stuff, especially yeah. if something's a danger. Mm. Now, like something like gas, you've never smelled gas in your life. Yeah. And it's a gas leak, and you just you know you just walk around the house all willy nilly. Yeah. And you actually don't even know. So like yeah. it is. Like, how do you find to balance that? Like, does it stress you out, or do you just take it as it comes and just keep learning? Um. Well, back back then because I didn't know I had just no comprehension of it so yeah. there was just zero awareness like I used to drive around in my, my motocross van yeah. and the jerry can had fallen over in the back it's petrol fumes all through the van and I'd be driving around without knowing someone would get in and they'd be like Poor, what yeah. is going on here yeah. so 
I didn't really have a care for it. Whereas now, I, I don't think there's any any stress, any worry really for me. It's just positive because yeah. anything that yeah. pops up, I'm like, oh, I smelled that. Yeah. Like, dude, now whenever someone is cooking at home, I walk yeah. in, I'm like, oh, that is so good. It's like this level of gratitude yeah. because you haven't had it for so long. And I guess the same thing, I have so much gratitude in my life because I never had a sense of smell. Now I do. Yeah. I nearly lost my life. I've got it. I wasn't able to walk for three or four months. Now I can walk to the beach every morning, you know, like yeah. just the the simple things I'm so fulfilled by. So it's, I guess, you know, from the, the darker the darkness, the, the more the light that comes from it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, with the... Um you stress on your body because mm. I have a kidney disease. Yep. And the biggest thing that I was never told was avoid stress, deal mm. with stress, cope with stress. But from my own research, I found out that stress is one of the worst things for my kidney disease. Yeah. Because it puts pressure and it creates blood pressure, mm. which is not good because it just doesn't filter right. Yeah. So through my research, I found out that the stress was the main cause. Absolutely. Of it. And then when I eliminated or started coping with stress in healthy ways and I was finding more of a balance in my life, mm. my blood results started becoming back even better and better. Mm. And this is after the doctors told me like, you're only gonna live to your 30, you're gonna get worse. Mm. And I found out about my kidneys six years ago and they're getting better. Yeah, there it is, there it is, see? And, and like connecting your mind to your body is yeah. such a huge thing, and especially yeah. dealing with the stressors that come in your life. Yeah, So 100%. All that stuff you're talking about like resonates heaps to me because yeah. I've personally experienced that. And I feel like it's important for our listeners to hear it too to you know you might have a disease going on or you might have some sort of illness but there's not only one road to fix it yeah, yeah. there's multiple roads you just mm. got to be willing to try different things yeah i'm gonna say something right now for the listeners that could be one of the most valuable things that the community the whole yeah. population can hear and i didn't i only learned this through experience is that autoimmune conditions which are on the rise incredibly and we could also say like kidney, liver, dysfunction, yeah. things like that along the same lines is that most, well, actually every autoimmune disease that they've studied, they've found stems back to the gut mm. and the gut lining breaking down. So, you know, a lot of people have heard of leaky gut, but if we sort of go a bit more into it, it's the permeability. So basically think of like there's a fence, the gut is a fence, and then there's holes in the fence. So things are getting through that you don't want. So it's like the foxes are getting through into the sheep sort of thing. And the this breakdown of the gut is where the immune because the immune system comes 80% of the immune system is on the outside wall of the gut and we a lot of people don't know that so if you your gut wall starts breaking down the immune system starts shooting through and you've got this attack going on and that's where all of these autoimmune conditions are coming from because our gut lining is breaking down so that's largely due to two things one obviously the food because it, you know, gluten and, and things like that, sugar, inflammatory, dairy, mucosal inflammation, yeah. things like that, soy, have bigger impacts on our gut lining. But the thing before that is the stress. And the reason for that is just like our arm will heal if we cut it, if, if we're in the right state, it will. If, if our arm's trying to heal and we're running 24-7, if we're like in an ultra marathon, our body is putting resources to our muscles working, not to try to heal the cut. But if you laid in bed those you know three days instead of doing you know whatever the event is, you heal a lot quicker because there's more resources going there. It's the same thing internally. 
is that when we're in a constantly stressed state, you know, the fight or flight response, the adrenaline, the cortisol, those things, they are being, even when we're sitting around, so you know when people are typically like sitting and they're shaking, you're in a fight or flight response, you're in a stressed state. When that's going on, the body is sending the blood and the, you know, the nutrients to the muscles because it's, it's in remaining in that state. And what happens is it doesn't get the resources to the gut. So that's why it breaks down. Think of like a car. A car doesn't break down unless you don't service it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it if you service it main, like regularly, they are able to. Oh, you know, this is going a little bit wrong. Fix this, correct this, adjust this. But if you leave it for ages, the things that are getting worse continue until it breaks. It's the same thing with the gut, in that the reason that it actually gets to this point of you know our gut wall is breaking down, is because it's not getting the resources to heal itself. You know, the cut. It's like there's nothing being sent there to heal like the 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 gut lining so it just continues to break down and the only way that it can heal itself is when we allow it to have resources sent to it which means we need to calm the you know fight or flight response we need to calm the nervous system and that's where mindfulness meditation breath work you know all of these different kinds of modalities reading chilling relaxation balance come in and I was the opposite that's why I got so unwell because I was in a fight or flight state pushing myself being so driven there's never anything going to my gut and I'm like no work harder you know eat these foods and you'll be sweet but it was like you can't out diet an overly stressed state it's like you know there's I have a a saying with the athletes there's no such thing um, as an overtrained athlete there's only such thing as an under recovered athlete because a pro athlete can train eight hours a day but if they recover like a savage, you know, do everything to a T, they can train eight hours a day repeatedly because they're recovering really well. They're doing everything they need to. But if you try to get a normal everyday person to train eight hours a day, they're cooked within, you know, a week yeah. because they don't have the adequate recovery. So it's all about the recovery. Just like, you know, if you go into a hard Some training session, yeah, yeah, you go into a hard training session. If you do the adequate recovery, you're feeling all right the next day or the day after. Mm. But if you don't recover at all, your body hasn't had the chance to actually do what it needs to in the recovery phase, so your body keeps breaking down. It's what we call like, we've heard of, you know, anabolic steroids. Yeah. That's just anabolism, which is build up. Yeah. And an anabolic state we, where we're rebuilding our body, building muscle or building tissue, healing something, is only occurs when we're in, when we're in a rest and digest, parasympathetic, calm state. Whenever we're in fight or flight, whenever we're in that stress state, that adrenaline state, or you know, even if it's just shaking or thinking about the next thing we've got to do, we're always on the go, yeah. the body's in a catabolic state because it's like, okay, we're getting ready to go. We need to keep mobilizing energy to these muscles. And so um, one of the, the biggest things that I do, you know, what we did just before, that, that daily breath, I usually do that in you know, a 90-90 position laying on my back. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is when we're in the fight or flight state, most of the blood flow gets sent to our quads and to our upper arms because they're our primary like quick movers if something yeah. goes wrong in the stress state. So when we lay on our back with our hips at 90 degrees and legs at 90 degrees, kind of like a, you know an L shape, yeah. the blood flow is brought down from our quads. And if we do relaxed, calm breathing with our arms out by our side, which is to kind of say, hey, we're, we're safe here, we're, we're comfy, we're open, yeah. the body, the nervous system gets a signal that, hey... We're calm, we're safe. The blood flow can come from the legs and from the shoulders and go into the abdomen to all of the organs and the vessels that need it. And so 
the the biggest thing for for those in the world at the moment with autoimmune conditions and all of these things going on you know even what's going on in the world at the moment with all of the the craziness with people being worried about their immune systems the best thing you can do for yourself above anything else is get your body into a rested state whenever you can be like you can work hard be switched on but as soon as you you know finish up work completely switch off yeah and that's the biggest challenge a lot of us like we're switched on and then we go to switch off it's like oh you know i'll just do these other few things yeah and there's not really a real switch off it's like always trying to be comfortable in the present yeah Mm. no matter what you're doing make sure you're comfortably in the present no matter what it is yeah like if you're running make sure you're comfortable in that present yeah if you're sitting down watching whatever make sure you're comfortable in the present yeah. if you work and make sure you're comfortable in the present because mm. you're putting your body through these negative stressors yeah and it's not going to really benefit you is it yeah 100 eh? mm. yeah i can see it in the yeah, eyes he's like yeah, yeah. Take it in. Take it in, bro. it's just so, so, so true eh? like yeah. it's just so much like the power of the mind is oh, just yeah it's vicious like and like I think um, what you were saying before too like how um, you know we've gotten to this time where it's just so much easier to just be like oh medication yeah instead of like finding these natural ways to heal and like finding people like you with the information that you have yeah Um, but I guess um, it's good that like you know there's things like podcasts now that people can talk about things like this and like someone can be sitting like you know thousands of k's away but they can hear this information and i don't know they might have something going on with their stomach or their health or mental or but it just shows that um everything needs a connection like it's it's like mind body you know soul spiritual um it's just way more than just like you know training one thing you know it's Mm. So like um, the way you're putting it, it makes so much more sense because like, you know, it's about your whole balance, the whole balance, your mind and your, you know, how your blood's flowing through your body, like what you're saying about, you know, laying on your back and like these little things that you're explaining, they just make so much sense, you know, Mm -hmm. you're paying enough time to like, you know, what you were saying, the, the blood's, you know, circulating in your stomach and coming down your legs. And if you're breathing, you know, these are vibrations that we can't even see to the eye, you know, like they're, they're happening like inside, but like it's happening, you know, mm. like, and like the example you're given with your, um, you know, your mate oh, moving Dan. his toes yeah, and man. stuff. That's, yeah. that's just crazy. Like, oh, yeah. that's incredible. Nice. Like yeah. I see, I think it was last night. I seen a guy, um, um, talking about, um, how he's, you know, he, he was in a wheelchair yeah. to start off the video. And I think two minutes into the video, um, he says, well, like, because he's explaining how he's, um, you know, uh, in a wheelchair. And then he's like, um, you know, if you get your mind right, you can get to a stage where you can recover. And then mm-hmm. he grabs a walking stick and he gets up and he just like starts walk. Like, it's not the, like, he's not like, you know, yeah. but he's taking steps. Like, and he was told, like, he was never to walk again. Yeah. Like, he was that damaged. Like, yeah. but... It just makes sense now you're explaining it into depth. Like, that video makes sense now. Like, mm. because when he was talking, I was like, oh, this guy's got a really strong mental attitude to what he's yeah. going through. But yeah. when he stood up and then now you're explaining, like, you know, all these things that can make you better, it just makes sense, you know? Like, 
the mind is so much more stronger than like oh, you know for sure because yeah. like physical health and mental health it seems like there's a disconnect for the two yeah it seems like yeah. physical health let's fix it mental health let's fix it yeah but there's it seems like what you're doing is health is health yeah okay. yeah 100 percent. this is the thing we talk about mind and body like they're separate yeah, yeah. but the body is controlled 100 percent by the mind mm. so when you go to do a squat what initiates it is the mental capacity mm. and it's the what the example i sometimes give is think of a hundred meter sprinter and think of a marathon runner the hundred meter sprinter you know they go max out and then they're done and they rest they're not covered in sweat they're not you know they don't look like they're fatigued they're you know puffing a bit and then they're sweet 30 seconds later that's the way the body is a marathon runner they're constantly going you they look like they're in pain yeah. if you go to like a you know the the yeah. gold coast marathon you're watching everyone run by and you're like oh dude yeah. i am so sorry for you right now yeah you look into the eyes <laughs> you're like, oh they're, they're in they're pain feeling something. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah it's, yeah it's the the but what happens is see that's a physical you know that's a physical example but imagine you're training for a marathon you're training your body to be prepared to work at that you know that that way your yeah. conditioning and the word the conditioning to the body to perform as an you know a marathon runner in aerobic capacity if you're a 100 meter sprinter you're conditioning yourself to be a 100 meter sprinter we forget that the brain is the same mm. you know it's just like mm. ice baths once yeah. you've done one you're like okay i can do it again do it again do it again it just becomes a daily thing it's like you're conditioned to do it yeah. tying your shoes writing your name you know doing your hair brushing your teeth it's all conditioned yeah. but we forget that the mind is the conditioned point and what happens is when we were talking before about like the, the split between the physical and the mental it's that people take the physical rest but if their mind is still racing, it's kind of like they're still running the marathon. The, the yeah. example I give to motocross riders is imagine we've both been, like, we've all been out riding. At the end of the day, we chuck our bikes on the stands. You turn yours off, mine stays on idle. When we come back the next day, I'm out of fuel. You two can go again, but I'm cooked. That's how people are living when they're like, yeah, I'm chilling out on the TV, but their mind's racing. What am I doing tomorrow? How do I get back to this person? What's the next thing I need yeah. to do? Because the mind is still in that marathon. You guys have finished your sprint. Yeah. You're chilling out, and I'm still out there in the pain cave. Yeah. But that's happening in our head. In the, you know, the nervous system is, is jacked up in that way, yeah. and it's conditioned. But we can recondition it in the opposite direction to switch on and switch off. And that's, you know, I never believed in balance before. Never. I refuted it like aggressively balances for pussies balances for mediocre people rah 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 and then as I got further and further through realising you can work hard but if you you rest hard it's sustainable whereas the way I did it before wasn't and that's where a lot of people you know especially young entrepreneurs are on that path now you know because the people they look up to grind hustle you know outwork everyone be the hardest worker in the room which is great to aspire to but if the brain doesn't switch off in that rest time they're still running that marathon. Yeah, yeah. And even when they're going to sleep, they don't get as deep a sleep. We can, you know, we look at the studies and the, the research yeah. we do with our the athletes that are starting on this process. As we drop them into breath work and teaching them meditation, yeah. their sleep changes radically. Like we had a guy that he would sleep for like nine hours mm. and he'd get 15 minutes of deep sleep. He did one, you know, one breath work session. I said, do this breath work before bed and then check. The next day he had four and a half hours of deep sleep. So from oh, wow. 15 minutes to four and a half hours that's that's ridiculous and that was just like because it put him in a state where that frontal lobe that part of the brain was able to quieten before he dropped into a sleep so it's got so much power and and obviously like in in what 
my my i guess you'd say passion is is just seeing people make these transformations but seeing how simple it can be and these tools are free to us meditation is free breath work is free these things are you know you don't have to pay big dollars to do them yeah um and that's where the power comes in because everyone can tap into it so yeah i feel like that's the best thing when it comes to community as well like that's the one of the biggest reasons why i love cool to be conscious and doing that breath work is because now that it gave me the tools to do it by myself i love coming to be in that community of people yeah. like you're not just sitting down doing stillness and breath work with people you're sitting down and you're engaging with people you build a connection like yeah. where you gotta go and lock eyes with the first person you see and talk yeah. to them. that's one of my favorite things yeah, you're, you're forcing yourself to engage and break those barriers that yeah. shouldn't even be there and it helps yeah. I feel like it helps you open up more as a person. Mm. And I felt like that was bloody amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Community. Yeah, 100%. Could not agree more. There's, there's a whole rabbit hole we could dive down there, but if there's particular things you boys wanted to chat about, then yeah, <laughs> yeah. go for it. But yeah. yeah. Um, there was one thing I wanted to bring, importance of an ice bath. I wanted to bring oh, it up yeah. I, I know you're very into I see yeah. your videos and I bloody <laughs> love it they yeah. inspires me to want yeah. to do it so I want to just the benefits mentally yeah. physically yeah. on what you get out of it yeah so it's funny again like when I was at uni um, and obviously we're doing sort of research studies and things like that there was uh, we were told that compression garments and things like that don't aid in muscle recovery cold therapy and contrast therapy doesn't have you know a significant impact on on muscle recovery and things like that because it couldn't get deep enough in within the muscle tissue and so science brain for me accepted it but then there was the question of well placebo like if a top if i'm working with a world championship level athlete Mm. and they feel better after it and so they're telling themselves i'm ready to go tomorrow compared to oh if i didn't do it i feel a bit sore do it even if it's just you know they think it's better so if the placebo is beneficial go for it um but in the sense of what has now been shown you know everyone knows wim hof being that the first kind of primary example um it increases the um metabolism within the body it increases brown fat which is actually a you could generalize it to say we have like white fat and brown fat white fat is like standard stationary doesn't do anything brown fat is actually active and it's what regulates our body temp which is how they've discovered Wim could sit in ice for like two hours at a time without having a core body temp change because the brown fat would start to activate and create warmth so it activates that it's also incredible for um the the blood flow and the immune system in that kind of thing and and how that then links in is um the the mental benefits of it is if you get in an ice bath without being able to control your breath, which is, you know, how, how people that fall in, you know, in Canada and Alaska and things like that, they fall in a frozen dam. They could get hypothermia within like three to five minutes. That's because their, their nervous system gets all freaked out and jacked up where we're in a bad place. So it starts to go chaotic. Yeah. But when we can control the breath, if we can keep it calm, it sends a signal to the brain we're controlling because the breath is the first indicator i can tell if someone's stressed or calmed us by listening mm. to how hard they're breathing you know and so the breath is our first point of call with observing is someone stressed or is someone comfortable so um the in terms of the more so that the mental benefits of it 
I use it for discipline because I don't want to get in the ice bath. Yeah. Like, you don't want to go and sit in something that's cold. Your body straight away wants to get out. But if I get in that ice bath, every single time I do, I... Is it true that it raises your testosterone as well? I wouldn't be able to confirm that. I don't know about the research yeah. uh, on yeah. that. I know that it does... Um, decrease inflammation which yeah. is another physical benefit for recovery but if you're trying to say gain muscle you yeah. wouldn't ice bath immediately post training yeah, so yeah. that I could look into that though testosterone yeah, yeah. wise yeah um, it's just so interesting eh? because um, I've been watching heaps of videos lately like of ice baths like a lot of people have been doing them I watched another one with Joe Rogan. He did yeah. for like twenty minutes or something. Yeah. I was like, yeah. "That's crazy." Yeah. I, need, I need to get a, you know yeah. get amongst this. Apparently, it's real good for your body. And like, what made me think about it is I went to Sydney. Uh, I went to Bermagui last year, July. Yeah, I was there for four weeks, and I've never been anywhere cold. And yeah. that was the first place I've been like cold as fuck in yeah. winter, and my back pain gone the Uh whole four weeks that i was there i didn't have back pain it felt like and i was rugging up every day because it's like cold ass it's like um where did you say it was uh, bermagui so you do you know where kabago is no it's probably like seven hours from sydney inland Um, in the mountains yeah yeah, south yeah down yeah it's um not far from that uh, that ski place Parisha Parisha yeah, oh okay it's probably, cold there probably then. An, okay probably like an hour from there my mates gotcha. um, from there so gotcha. we went and spent four weeks there wow um, bro but yeah. it was cold like, yeah. yeah I've never experienced cold like that yeah. but when I came back and we were eating well there and like we were going to gym but when I came back my body felt like I never felt my body like that like yeah. I felt so like my body felt so tight yeah like my skin was so tight and i was so lean mm. and like my back pain was gone yeah. and like i reckon it was from the cold because mm. like every morning we'd go for a jog me and joshy and just fucking breathing in mm. in and out that air like in like three days like it was just easy to run in the mornings yeah. like and like your body's adapting but yeah my yeah. body adapted to it and like um, the first day I literally felt like I was going to die because it felt like cold air was getting in my like in my like you know my lungs or whatever yeah. and like yeah. it felt like I was going to pass out and, like Joshy was like because he's like used to the cold yeah and like he was running ahead but the first day was so tough eh? yeah. but yeah like four weeks later when we came back I realized that I think the cold does do something to your body maybe yeah. it was in my mind yeah but I felt like it made me feel like way better yep. and like that's why I was asking about the yeah. testosterone as well because like I don't know maybe you know raise my testosterone that's why I felt better but yeah. it was just like a huge change to what what I um, ever felt before with my body yep. um, so yeah I'll interesting I'll have to try the ice bath out yeah yeah, yeah. So you get you around is, yeah see yeah. if that you know it's like a similar feeling or something yeah well like like i said we do it mainly for the mental benefit for you know for me it was discipline because yeah it's it's like as i explain it it's a microcosm Mm. of anxiety yeah think about it like someone gets into a state and this is you know mental health experience the mental health side of it is when someone gets into a state of anxiousness or anxiety basically it's like they're in a place they don't want to be or they're in an experience they don't want to be you get into an ice bath, you don't want to fucking be there. Like, it is literally like, I want to get out of here right now. And that's where it is literally the ultimate um, 
immersion into yeah. it for three or five minutes because you get in and you're straight into a stress response. <laughs> Chest breathing, oral breathing, your muscles are contracting, you're tight. It's literally that on steroids, mm, you know, that, yeah. that anxiety experience. And if we can get people to control their breath, which is where this comes in, is if we can get them to nasal breathe and control their breath, their body calms down, their muscles relax, they breathe through their belly, and everything goes, we're safe, we're comfortable. And your core temperature re-regulates itself. Like I can sit in there for 12 to 15 minutes, talk on an Instagram video because I'm able to monitor and, and regulate my breath. Yeah. Um, but what it also does, and this is my favorite part of it, is I can take someone that's never meditated before and I can get them to be like expert level meditator for three minutes because for you in those, let's say we're using the, the standard of three minutes, that's kind of our minimum. Yeah. If you can make that three minutes, that means for those three minutes, you've been so present to your breath that you're focusing there and not on all of the crazy cold sensations yeah. in your body. Yeah. You've been present. Because if you weren't present to your breath and weren't able to control that, you'd be out. So whenever I get in it, I'm like, this is my meditation on steroids for the day. Because I drop in and straight away, it's like, if I can't control my breath and become present to it, I'm not going to be able to maintain this. So you go into such a state of calm and it's really interesting watching different people because, you know, you get the guys that get in and they masculine energy from from a place of force and they're like, like their jaws clenched, their pecs are tight, they're holding the... I'm like, yeah. slow down your breathing and like, Whoo! it's good. And they're slowing down, yeah. but there's still all that contraction. Yeah, yeah. So once they can start to slow it, then I go, relax your body. Like let, yeah. let your muscles relax. They will, war- you know, yeah. I say they will warm themselves and you just see them. And there's this transition into like the feminine. Cause I was the same. Yeah. I get in into an ice bath and I get in my energy mode. But yeah, let's do it. Get yeah. in. Woo! And I'd kind of do that every time. And then I got challenged one day by someone and they were like, Go into your feminine. And I was like, what? Yeah. And and I did. And it was the easiest ice bath I'd done because I literally just got straight in and I was just in that like surrendered, yeah. relaxed, acceptance, present moment. Yeah. And it was amazing. So now one of the biggest things I say to people, men or women, is when you hop in, get your control of your breath and then go into like a surrendered state, mm, soft, yeah. and, it, and it becomes comfortable. Mm. It's amazing seeing the transformation it has because it's like walking on fire like I've walked on fire um, before and and it's the same thing it's like you get yourself into a mental state and you know with 850 degrees Celsius um, fire that we're walking across for 10 meters and the people that could keep their attention on our present mantra which was like we were eyes up marching and repeating to ourselves cool moss cool moss so that we were you know embodying that feeling the people that lost presence they ended up in the ambulances with burnt feet you know with the paramedics and it was that's the power of the mind Mm. I was like as I was going across it I got across and I was like holy crap and then I got like two guys away from me was like ah my feet and then they were like what did you do he's like I lost it I looked down like that's what it is if you can keep that mind there the mind is it's the mind controls the body and so that's where when the breath controls the mind because when the mind's going crazy and we're (laughs) freaking out i can get someone to go hey get to five in five out through your nose the worries will go away they calm themselves they control the breath and then their body's sweet as well yeah breath to mind to body so yeah one thing that i believe yeah one thing i believe you can take from the ice bath from what you're talking about here is because you control your reaction yeah. when you get in the ice bath but I feel like that can translate into so many other areas oh, yeah. in life so once you 
get the belief that you can calm your reaction, you have that through so many different endeavors in your life. Yes. Like, no matter what it is, like road rage, someone cuts you off. You can be present in the moment, you can be calm, you can control your reaction. Exactly. And that's what I mean about it being a microcosm for anxiety or a microcosm for life. Because whenever we go to have a, a fight or flight response, that is like, they, they're about to have it and then they go like it worked used to work for me and well still does but now it's like obviously I have other cues yeah. but I use the ice bath kind of as my my cue and my anchor to go I'm about to crack the shits or I'm about yeah. to lose this or do this or whatever it's stress about this and I literally like I do it when I'd sit in a chair I'd kind of like lean back into the chair and breathe because that you know when you're in the ice bath you lean against the back of it yeah. And so it translates across because it's a cue, an anchor. And so there's all different kinds of cues and anchors we can use, but it's probably one of the most powerful because it's got a, such a quick yeah. and immediate state change to yeah. us. So because you, you kind of have to decide as well, like like yeah. when when you jump in, when you jump in, like I guess you got to decide: am I going to freak out and make it worse, or am I just going to try to calm my yeah. whole whole situation down? Yeah. So it's in, I'm looking forward to trying it. Yeah, dude, we'll have you boys around. Yeah, the, sure. Yeah, the um, <laughs> it's it's so it's also so epic what we're talking about to observe people in the bath. Yeah, because you can literally like it's so black and white obvious yeah. when the person loses presence for a moment, or they let their mind shift from the meditative breath to the cold because they'll be sitting there. There's one breath yeah. where it spikes. And then because they've gone, they've felt, you know, the, the attention's gone, oh, my fingers are so cold. Yeah. And then then it starts. And you can see they've gone into that anxious state. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, it's starting. Yeah. Let's see. And it's it's actually a challenge to get people to come back from that yeah. because mm-hmm. they've been in for a while. It's, it's kind of like, you know, um, the amount of effort we have in our brain. It's like once you've gone for a 10K run in the day, the motivation to do the second one's a little not as high. Yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. Like once you've gotten your breath to a point of control and then you lose it it's like oh trying to bring it back's more of a challenge so seeing the people that can is so epic because yeah. you're like wow you got something powerful yeah so it's a bit like holding your breath on the water right eh? yeah it's like when you hold your breath on the water like you at the start it's a struggle and you're panicking and you want to jump back off the, uh, <clears throat> yeah. the longer you stay the more calm you get the longer you can actually just be relaxed in the water without actually even more like um, drowning yeah yeah. you and I was what you mentioned before we, we were chatting um, before the podcast Ryan when you said you're the kind of person that will find a challenge and you'll go straight into it yeah. so a couple of years ago we did a you know just personal development kind of event pushing ourselves mentally and physically and one of the things we did was we went to the Nambal pool with Luke Harvison from the farm gym mm. and we did underwater activities so like having to unknot and not med balls and dead balls at the bottom of the pool all about breath holding and these guys most of these guys have grown up on the sunny coast so they're surfers and they're all that and they love the water i was brought up in the country i hate the water don't i hate swimming so for me i'm freaking out so when we'd need to do it one of the things we were doing was you'd sit at the bottom of the the pool and you'd need to we were doing a team kind of partnership work and someone would you weren't allowed to talk you weren't allowed the only way you could signal was through your breath so what would happen is you'd get to the bottom of the pool, you'd be sitting there with the dead ball down the deep end, 
and you'd be under there as long as you can and then you'd let out you know the way we did it was we'd let out two breaths so they could see the bubbles and that was a signal hey he's running out of breath i need to get down and then you transition but as we got further and further through the 10 minutes you know your oxygen capacity is getting lower so it's shorter and shorter and i really struggled because i'd freak out being under the water and i realized afterwards this is a mental thing so when i got down to victoria for you know the month over christmas or whatever I'd get in the pool every day and just sit on the bottom of the pool and train myself and my yeah. little my niece and nephew but what's Uncle Toddy doing? <laughs> Why are they sitting on the bottom yeah. of the pool? And like I'd explain to them, hey, I'm training yeah. my brain yeah. because there's something that I was challenged by yeah. and I want to overcome that. And I guess like in that way, leading by example. I love it because, you know, I when I was down in Vic last year when I was unwell, I was getting in the pool in the middle of winter in Victoria, so it's like two degrees outside. Um and I'd go and do my cold immersion in the pool about three weeks ago. I wanted to post it on socials, but I couldn't censor the videos. Yeah. My niece and nephew, my, my sister said, hey, what do you guys want to do for fun today? Because they're in lockdown or whatever. And and little Jack, my, my nephew, like my little best mate, goes, I want to go for a swim. And she's like, it's too cold outside. And she, he's like, no, it's not. And she's like, plus, we don't have a pool. He goes, Nana's got a pool. And she goes, yeah, but it's so cold outside. The heat is not on in that pool. And she goes, he goes, oh, it's all right. Uncle Toddy does it. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, oh, we can't do that. And Jack goes, well, let's do an ice bath at home. So they went and got the ice blocks out of the freezer and cracked those and put yeah. them in the bath. And there's like, Jack's yeah. five years old and Isla's two and a half. And they're in there and, and Isla's, and Jack's like, it's all right, Isla, breathe. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. Like, it melted my heart. How old? How old is it? Jack's five. That's amazing. And Isla's, like, two and a half, yeah. It's amazing for kids that age to be learning that at that age. Because I didn't start learning being able to control your mind until by the age of 20. Yeah. Doing that at five and two. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. amazing to see. That was one of those moments. Show them with example, eh? Yeah, yeah that yeah. was one of those moments where I was like, lead by example yeah. every single day no matter what if you believe in something do it because obviously my family looking at me and like where the hell's he getting in the pool when we're all rugged up inside in jumpers and jackets <laughs> yeah. with the heater on and he's out butt naked in the pool yeah. freezing <laughs> but that's exactly it like i'm the you know i'm the example for for everyone that i can yeah. around me because i used to you know teach a lot so you speak but how much of it did I embody? I wasn't yeah. happy with how much I embodied. So my, my mission in life now is embody fully mm. because if I lead by example, it gives permission for others to step into that space themselves. And then anything I say after that is a bonus, yeah. but I'm doing it. And that's what matters most because as I raise my energy, as I raise my state and my consciousness through embodiment, when people come into my space and my energy and my field, they're lifted. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, the, um, when you're around good people, you feel better. And so that's how I live it. It's like, I won't talk it. I'm going to live it. And then that's the number one way to do it. So, yeah, embodiment. 100%. Yeah, that's the one, well, not just the one thing. That's a thing about you that I admire. Yeah. So you know, yeah. don't just have the knowledge. You're not just educated, but everything you say, you do. Like, you're not just a dude, like, um, just talking on Instagram telling people to do something yeah. and you're going home in the bag of chips and some cream and soda <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like you're out here doing the exact things that you're preaching yeah and I feel like that's important because that's yeah. what I wanted to talk to you about was yeah. embodying authenticity oof and that is oh there's some depth in that <laughs> yeah okay yeah. yeah yeah so embodying authenticity yeah oh that's that's uh one of the biggest things that I've come into in the last six to eight months because obviously I was the, you know, the driven. The, it's, let's, the way I explain it to people now, to put it in simple terms, is 
you know when you think of the hardest worker you know? Yeah. I'm pretty confident in saying if I compared, I'd probably be that guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. because when you nearly kill yourself twice, pretty good representation that, you know, I'd yeah. I didn't I didn't stop. Yeah. And, you know, I'd sleep for you know, I'd only sleep from like two AM to five AM every day and be working pretty much every other hour and and so my my pride, my ego, my identity was like I'm the driven guy, the alpha, the leader, the masculine, the go, 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 the achiever. And Obviously, as I've gone through this health journey, I couldn't do anything because my body was literally dying. I've had to go, had to, because I was forced into it. I didn't want to, but feminine, receiving, rest, relaxation, flow, doing nothing, you know, achieving nothing for like... And so when one part of your identity just disappears and that's all you've ever been, you're like, what is this? So I've gone from one end of the spectrum completely to the other. And now I realize that, yeah, my mission in life is to be able to find the midpoint so I can be the balance of masculine and feminine. I can be the balance between force and flow. I can be the balance between the boy standing with the boys and talking shit and then being in a group where I can be that safe space yeah. and hold that space you know for females to feel safe around a male that is yeah. not there for anything but yeah. for them to feel held and nurtured mm. and I feel that's really powerful but that I was powerful. I was mm. nervous to be that at first because everyone knew me as the hard worker you know the the mindset guy this yeah. that and the other and then me coming into this other side where I'm talking about breath work and meditation and yeah. and balance there was this big resistance in me because that's who I've come to realize. That's my authentic self. Yeah, yeah. That's what I need for myself, but also a part of the message I'm here to share with the world so people don't go through what I've gone through, mm. chasing something external to themselves when what they're really wanting is that internal feeling. And I guess yeah. that's links in with the embodying authenticity yeah. is most people are living their life seeking an external Achievement or an external relationship or an external experience. And what it really comes down to when we break apart the subconscious is the feeling that it gives them. It's not the car that they have or the girlfriend that they have or the income that they have or the position. Mm. It's the feeling they get from it. It's the feeling. Now, if we're always relying on the external to create the internal feeling, then if we don't get the external experience we don't get the internal feeling which is why there are so many successful people out there that are struggling with depression or they are struggling with anxiety or these kinds of things because they're not internally fulfilled it's like we're relying on the external exactly and that's what i was doing and that's what most people are yeah Yeah. and and what happens then is our fulfillment our joy our happiness our mental health is solely dependent on if we can achieve that goal Mm. and we know how hard it is to achieve some of those goals so what I guess realized for myself was that if it's all, if it's all about the feeling, which it is, mm. you know, we can still say, yeah, we, we aspire to have these external, you know, materialistic things or partners, but um, we can have those, but we have them as a bonus because yeah. the feeling, if we can, we work out what feeling we're chasing and seeking from them and we can create that from within ourselves without needing to do, then we win because we've already got the feeling that we're working so obsessively to get from the external. We've already got it by default, freely. You know, there's nothing we need to do extra. So we just get to be ourselves, and then anything else is a bonus because we've already got the feeling. Then it becomes, you know, that extra, you know, being able to have a deeper experience. So for me, my biggest thing in life is fulfillment. Does that mean that I'm going to be, you know, an ascetic monk and, and, not have anything no i want to have you know 
a big reach for people. I want to be able to, you know, have a, a, you know, a wakeboard boat again and things like that so that I can go out and have those experiences. So there's those items, but it's not that I need it. It's like, that means I can go and do these fun things when I want to. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm not needing to have that thing to make myself feel full. I'm already full within. And that's where when we find our authentic self and we embody that authentic yeah. self, we don't need anything external. And I've said this to a few people now for, you know, obviously now I'm, there's a lot of things picking up with a lot of momentum for yeah. me. But, you know, prior to the last two months, there were six months where I did absolutely nothing, mm. like serving no one except healing my body. I was the most fulfilled, happy and joyful I've ever been in my entire life because I was just being me authentically, finding that yeah. and creating that feeling from within. And when we do that, we not only feel joy in ourselves, but people kind of see you and they're like, what are you doing different? Yeah. Like, you've got this vibe all the time. Yeah, like, what, yeah, what, yeah. yeah what, you know, you, because, you know, there's a lot of, on socials, like we put out, you know, the, the highlight reel. Yeah. But then most people know, like, off the screen, there, you know, there's a lot of the low light yeah. reel. And so for me, I, I post both for the reason of letting yeah. people know, hey, we can feel down, but objectively speaking i have very few of those now because even on my most challenging days i know i have my routines where i create that feeling you know in the morning in the evening where i'm always in my internal identity state and when you can be authentically yourself i learned this from from landmark which is a personal development company is that to be authentic is to be um make sure i don't butcher it is to be fully self-expressed so full uh free to be yourself and free to act as yourself and what that means is that we can speak to anyone and say exactly what we're feeling without needing to you know a lot of the time we kind of hold back yeah Yeah. but that's come from the conditioning of i can't do that because it might have this impact but if i know that i'm always coming from the highest place of service for another and i know that's my intention if i know that my intention is hey what i say to bill this may be a challenge for him at the moment but i know two days from now he's going to be like wow or three weeks from now it's going to shift i'll step into that authenticity and that also links in with integrity which to me is the biggest tool that i'm you know i'll be implementing with the identity system integrity is what we call workability uh, and what, so think of it as the, the wheel of a, a push bike. Yeah, you've got the rim, you've got the tire. But there's one other aspect that's required for the wheel to function. That's the spokes. With the spokes all intact, you have workability. The rim stays in place, the wheel functions. Yeah, the wheel works, it does its job. But if we take out half the spokes and you go to ride that bike, the rim collapses because there's no structural integrity yeah so integrity is when our words and our actions actually align because a lot of people you know we talk but we don't action and it's a kind of the same thing as i have this goal but a lot of people lack the integrity of the actions being done Mm. and so if we can get people to embody authenticity of this is who i am this is what i genuinely desire and i will be an integrous person so my word is everything yeah. And I live by my word. That's when you create a life that works. My purpose and my mission in life now is to have life work for everyone, mm. which is to say whatever their dreams, their goals, their aspirations, they can achieve them because they are authentically themselves and they live with integrity. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things I feel is is the challenge for most people is that they want to be integrous with their word, but the, what really occurs is they have a goal, but they don't have the steps in place. Mm. It's kind of like you want to jump across a pond, but you don't have the 
pavers or whatever it is, you know, the, yeah, the steps yeah. in between. People like, it's a 20 metre pond, I can't leap that. And that's what most people try to do. They jump and they land three metres in the pond and they're, oh shit. But if we put the pavers in, made smaller steps where it's markable and achievable, as long as they are integrous with their word and say, I'm going to step through from four to five and they do, they keep progressing towards their goal. Eventually they'll get to the other side of the pond. And that's a big thing. I use the example as well as like Lego. So many people set goals and people think of goals as this big um, aspiration. And people think of goals, they think hard work, they think sacrifice, they think yeah. effort, sometimes stress, sometimes, you know, oh, I can't do these things. And so we have goals and then we have action steps. But to action something, a lot of the time we think we've got to go outside of ourselves to achieve it. So what I reframe it as, it's, it's an instruction manual hmm. and it's an objective or a project. Because if I said... Hey, right, I've got a project for you and here's the instruction manual. Like, yeah, right, sweet. But if I said, I've got a goal for you and here's the action steps, mm. people are kind of like, oh, right, there's, you know, goal. That's a very yeah. charged word. Mm. So again, it's like reframing the subconscious so that people don't make it out to be a big thing. They're just like, tick this box, tick this box. And I'm, you know, and that's how I've worked with my pro level athletes to get the results they're getting now is take away the extent of the goal, make it a project. Here's your instruction manual. If you tick this box every day, you will get there by default because we don't rise to the level of our goals. We yeah. fall to the level of our systems yeah. or our habits. Yeah. So, mm, that's, 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 yeah, that's so true, man, because the moment I believe I started embodying my authenticity was mm. when I started mental health experience yeah. because that's when I started being vulnerable in public mm. rather than always walking around with my chest up and, you know, beating like a gorilla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instead, yeah. I was showing my vulnerable side. Like, yeah. I had so much anxiety when I first started. Yes. So I didn't know how people I knew would take me talking about my mental health. Mm. Like, it'd be like 50-50. It was positive and negative. Yeah. I wouldn't say negative. That's the wrong word. It was positive and educating on how to deal with the stressors in life. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. And, um, that's when I started feeling my true self because I was a lot more open to who I actually was. Yeah. I wasn't shying away from that side of my life. I wasn't yeah. shying away from that side of my mind. Mm. Instead, I started embracing it and then that just led me to where I am now. Yeah. I'm so grateful that I took the steps in believing in myself but also believing in being my authentic self and tapping into my feminine side yeah. and it's helped me reach my potential yeah I believe 100%. I believe that too eh? I believe as soon as men I've seen that in, started, in, in you too eh? it's yeah it's amazing to see that in like because like what he's saying is so true like it's crazy to see like this side of you that like um because like obviously we're from the same place we yeah. grew up we did all everything together yeah the so, boys, yeah, the boys. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah the boys so yeah. Yeah, it's so amazing to see this side of scouts you know what yeah. I mean he always says that to me too he's like uh, you know, I'm glad to see you know your changes but I mean, yeah. we compliment yeah. each other all the time yeah. but it's crazy to see like you know someone put all these structures like what you said before you fall into your habits and mm. what you, your settings you know and it's crazy to see someone do that and it inspires me and that's a lot a lot of my inspi- inspiration comes from my mates um, yeah that's why I, I have hard-working mates and yeah. um but it's crazy to see that you know what i mean it gives me more like you know power to accept myself because um like what you were explaining before your authentic identity yeah i feel like that's a battle i have with myself yeah. like um a lot like yeah. i don't like some days i i um i 
I'm confused with yeah. like how I should accept my identity because yeah. I'm not sure if it's because like um, it's my balance or what I do, but um, yeah. um, I'm a I write pretty much every day, so yeah. I deal with like and like because songwriting and um, I'm such a I'm such an emotional person. Yeah, I deal with so much emotions every day. Yeah, like I every song I write is a different emotion mm. and, I, and I try to tell a different story I try to story tell as well as show emotion in how I say things and um, uh, with my flow I practice flow to be to be a certain emotion mm. so sometimes I'm, I sound angry and I have to build this angry emotion yeah. and record that angry emotion sometimes I'm just singing really feminine yeah and trying to accept that type of emotion and yeah. like some days um yeah I, I can't like some days i get really like you know confused of like what to feel and sometimes um i don't know where when to use my feminine and my ma- masculine yeah i like get so confused sometimes yeah. and i'm just like bruh like <laughs> you know it shouldn't be this hard you yeah. know but like some days it's just like that and yeah. i have to accept it and like I try to go through my routine of like, you know, mm. calming myself down or like um, not writing. If I'm like overly, sh- you know, thinking about what's happening, I try to like um, take a few hours then before writing again or don't write that day and just like relax like what you were, what you were saying. Um, yeah. Just do nothing. Yeah. And some, day, some days that's like fulfilling as well. Gets me back on track. Um, but I think um, like what I'm going through is like what everything I'm learning this is why I'm so interested in all these things mm. because I'm trying to find my balance and um, mm. yeah. some days like some days I feel like I'm balanced some days I don't yeah. um, so I think it's just a constant move towards how can I like keep those feelings kind of going on for longer than just oh I'm good some days and I'm mm. not you know because mm. I feel like that's a bad it's it's not because I don't want to like uh, make it sound to people that it's bad that they're having these situations happening, but I feel like just keep striving to find those answers. How mm. to um, keep sorting your own feelings out? Yeah, because yeah. um, like you only know what you're feeling. Yeah. Um, so if you can like try to you know find help to sort those feelings out, then yeah. you know you're on a good track. But um, well, see see what you've just said there. So <clears throat> notice how. When you've said that there's days where you're not sure, like yeah. if you're one or the other, and that obviously creates like a, a down state or a yeah. challenge state, whether it be disappointment or frustration yeah. or, or confusion. Notice that if you got that state straight up, it's a good day. Yeah. Like, yeah, sweet. But see how it's based on an external. If I get it, yeah. I will feel this way. And this is where it's like if we can reverse engineer it and go, mm. what is it that makes you feel fulfilled? whether you are in that state or not you'll still feel fulfilled yeah. you'll still feel good and I know I like to begin with it's mm. you sh- like is that possible mm. I can say from experience that yeah it is and it's incredible because what actually happens then is you know what you know from experience that when you get into that challenge you're in more enforced like yeah. oh man I gotta do this yeah. and that comes because of frustration but when you're in frustration lower energy lower state yeah. more blockage think of it as like you're trying to force your way through a door 
But what you want to come to flow to you, like creativity yeah. in that way, is trying to come back through the other door. And you're closing the door because you're trying to jam it your yeah. way. And it's it's like that stepping back and being able to sort of let it be for a bit. In those situations, I used to struggle with this, but now I get it, is yeah. if something's not coming to me right then and there, I'll legitimately leave it. I walk away. Because yeah. I used to you know, have my success items list. Mm need to tick them off and I used to be in force I must do it but something could take me two hours it really only takes me needs to take me 15 minutes but I'd force myself to do it and what I realized through this journey was and it's it's a challenge for some people to hear to begin with and I was this person but flow if it's not flowing let it go go and do something else And then what will happen, whether it be that day or the next, it will literally flow into you and, it, and you'll get it done in 15 minutes. So rather than that extra hour and 15 being wasted, you trying to force something that's still not your best quality, it's like, I'm going to do something else that feels right. And speaking to this, I'm going to give you all, you know, for everyone listening as well, there's a tool to know if you're in your creative, your analytical mind. So... In terms of our, our brain, our left brain is our analytical brain. Our right brain is our creative brain. So we can think like left brain, analytical, logical, um, male brain, right, creative, think um, like female brain, so to speak. Now, you can tell by your nostrils, the airflow, because every roughly every hour and a half, the blood flow changes to the hemispheres of our brain and it's in a, an opposite response with our nose. So if you're so if you put your easy way to do it is you can put your index finger, your pointer finger under your nostrils, if you boys and the listeners want to do it right now, yeah. and you breathe hard a few times, you'll feel that it'll either be one, the other, or both nostrils that the main airflow will be coming through. <laughs> and then you can do a few more gentler and you just work out where is more airflow. One will feel a little bit more blocked. <laughs> Mine's left, eh? I don't know. What was that? Was it your logic? Mine's left at the moment. Mine's so left. it's opposite though because it's the contralateral means opposite side. So if you're breathing through your left nostril, it means that your right brain yeah. has more blood flow going to it. So oh. you're in creative. And the reason for that is because when you've got more blood flow going to your, to your right side, through your brain and through your nose because it's one of the few parts of the body where the, you know how we say our right brain controls the left part of our body mm. that nose area and that up there is actually the same it's not it's one of the the ones that is an exception to the rule and so if our right brain has more blood flow to it our right side of our nose right nostril has more blood flow going going to it which means that that um the the, uh, the vessels uh, not they're kind of closing down the nostril canal, yeah. So if our if we're breathing through our left nostril, the opposite side, we're in our right brain. If we're breathing through our right nostril, and you can feel it more dominant, it means you're in your left brain, you're analytical. And then if you're breathing through both, you're at around that hour and a half mark where it's switching. So it's it's usually there's around like five to ten minutes where you're in that switch mode where you're you're both. Very rare, and it's yeah. so funny because you know we're talking about the meditation courses. Mm. So with the meditation courses, you're, you're meditating 10 hours a day. And I didn't know this until after my fourth course. So you can imagine how much deep meditation I've done. And one sitting, I've got all my nostril air cutting because the first four days of these courses, all you do for 10 hours a day is put your attention, your full awareness on the touch point of your nose where you feel the breath. That is it. You don't feel an emotion. You don't feel anything. You don't manifest or visualize yeah. or create. 
you want to, your one point of focus. Mm. Feel the touch of the breath at the end of your nose. 10 hours a day for four days straight. That's all you do. So you can imagine how much it used to shit me because I'm like, last session I was like, oh, I'm not talking, but in my head I'm like, last session was my right nostril. Now it's my left. Now it's in the middle. What the hell? I can't <laughs> find a stationary spot. <laughs> and then I've, you know, after my last course, I was going through a particular book and it was speaking about these kinds of things mm. and it explained that. And I was like, yeah, oh, all of those times. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a hack and I use that now. So if I want to, you know, create something, I'll go, Oh, uh, no, okay. I'm in my left brain at the moment. Give me an hour, you know, and I'll recheck it. I'm going to remember that yeah, one. Dude, that's, yeah, it is that's so, a great one. It's, it, yeah, no. Dude, it is so mind-blowing yeah. how effective it is because I, yeah. you know, skeptical mind, the science part of me still comes yeah. through. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. Implemented it? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. It was a game changer because, you know, I do the same thing. I test the opposite. So, like, I'm going to try be creative in my analytical. And then yeah. I'm like, yeah. so, you know, writer's block. Yeah. So, you know how people can flow, 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 yeah. and then they just something changes that's because their brain has gone from one they're in transition point they go to the other side so that's where they need to go to go okay I've now shifted from creative now I'm going to go do the analytical task within an hour and a half I'll flip back and do the creative again dude so if more like you think big big global companies knew this how much more productive they would be so I feel like I'm so shocked I'm hearing this now I'm like (laughs) yeah I have to try this yeah dude I feel like you just walked in there Bag full of diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> room on the table, like boys. I'm sweating, eh? Hey, like this is too much information coming in. I'm like, like the table's full of diamonds. <laughs> you walked away, like enjoy. Yeah, enjoy, boys. Oh, Have fun. Yeah, yeah. So but that's, but that's yeah. It's making me think because like I go through so much of like when I'm recording and when I'm creating, it's such a like some days it's such a mess because yeah. like I'm going from recording being creative spitting singing whatever writing and then i go to editing the like after i record it i have to go through like hours of Mm. editing cutting and fading and and that's systems that's that's the analytic yeah Yeah. so my brain gets so fried and then sometimes like i'll have recordings where i go oh now i'm gonna re-record it i'll go try to re-record it my brain can't even i can't even get the emotion i can't even like I just sit there and I give it... Sometimes I just leave it till the next day or... But it makes so much sense that now you're saying that because I always wonder, how does my brain go from, I'm doing that, I'm taking some time to do this, but then I can't go back to that. Yeah. Like, so it just... Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's information. Boom, yeah. there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go, yeah. And also tapping in with your feminine energy as well. Yeah. Like, because I saw you recently started reading this book. And Bill is too superior. The way superior. You're on it. Oh, yeah. yeah, great book. I read that book. I listened to an audible like three years ago. Yeah, because my favorite music artist is Nipsey Hussle, and he said it on the podcast one time. So I was like, I'll give it a go. I gave it a go, and I've listened to it about five times. Yeah. That book helped me so much into tapping into parts of my own consciousness that I didn't believe was there, mm-hmm. just because I was more aware of it. Yeah. before I wasn't aware of it it was just a block yeah. then when I started that train of thought I was able to tap into different areas mm. 100% yeah. yeah yeah and and the knowledge as well I feel like um, like just how it's put mm. like um, it makes you feel stronger like yeah, um, yeah. like how it's explained because like I, I don't know like um, yeah just like the um, feminine side of things you know like 
yeah. but like it explains and even the masculine side of um, things as well and relationships and it just explains things really you know really well, yeah. really well and because from my past relationship as you know I had like a three year gap from a past relationship to my current relationship yeah. and that whole gap I was like I'm not having a relationship yeah. for like 20 years I was like yeah. staying single not to do daddy work. yeah yeah it was yeah. more just so just to be for me be by me yeah. and live by me 100% but once I listened to that book or read that book or however you consume it that helped me understand what I needed as a partner to be in my life yeah. and also and as a man yourself you know, for a man yeah. myself I know what what your needs and I your wants my best to as well yeah now once I consumed that book it um it's changed the way I thought of being with in a relationship with another person mm. and not just for how you should be treated but how you should treat as well 100%. and how to mix and match two different individuals yeah. with two different upbringings two different experiences yeah. and mend them together yeah. and I feel like that's how I found my partner now I was through that book and having the awareness that it gave me within myself to be able to go get that yeah, go, yeah. and like um, yeah and not just go get that know um, what what you want in a partner exactly um, yeah. you know she respects you you respect her um, you know like yeah, it that balance yeah. that it, um, it explains and it talks about um, that you find in yourself makes you realise how to treat yourself your partner how to treat a woman and like because um, when we grow up you know you could be close with your mum but you still don't understand what a need, what an what the needs of a woman is. Yeah. Exactly. Um, how how the feminine um, emotions and thoughts and especially how, growing up in our household. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, like that book, just like it gives me power to love women. And it wasn't just like to and go, myself. It wasn't just to go get it. It's something that you still imply. Yeah. While you're in the relationship. That's what keeps it healthy. Hundred percent. I feel like that's why my relationship now is so healthy because everything is a, everything is a conversation. Yeah. Nothing is conflict. Nothing is an argument. Yeah. So it's to sit down and talk through it, and you know, because so many relationships that you, you have is just bark barking at yeah. each other, barking, and then you know, going separate ways, and nothing gets resolved because there's not enough communication. There's just loudness, just loud noises. Hundred percent, and and like a huge problem is both parties don't understand what they need for themselves oh, for for it to work together you know what I mean yeah. um, uh, like that's why the information um, like if if for an example like you know if you know that information um, and you've you've found a good partner yeah. well your actions from that like your actions from that information that you're implementing into your lifestyle are gonna rub off onto your partner. Mm. Like your good actions and your respect and everything is gonna be reciprocated from your partner back to you because you know how to treat you know you know how to treat with her needs and her mm. and your needs and, and your needs and what you both can contribute to the needs and empowers power, it yeah it it just empowers um, it empowers like you know like the the head in uh, the superior man um like i feel like yeah it's a book um for it's gra- a great book for men to read but i also 
I American also believe women, that women, yeah. like women, this is so beneficial She's for them as well. Yeah. yeah, like you know, women, there is women, superior men, you know, and there is women out there with masculine energy. Hundred percent. Yeah, don't relate to. That's that's what I got from the book. Like hundred percent, what you just said. Like females have feminine and male as well. Yeah, um, exactly. And then we have feminine and masculine. Yeah, we uh, have, male, masculine, we have masculine, energy. masculine, feminine energy, and women have masculine and feminine energy yeah. as well it's like both genders have both within them yeah and that's why I found that book was very yeah, informative and the tapping the both sides for both genders because you know it's called the way of the superior men but a woman can still listen or read it and yeah. relate to it as well yeah, yeah. and he's got a uh, intimate communion which is the in-between yeah. kind of like the collab and then there's dear lover which is the female so I'm kind of um, I'm at that point where I've read through one and then, you know, I kind of go like down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So there was like, okay, I've gone the men's side of it. Now I want to understand the woman's side yeah. of it and then I want to bring them together because it's, I guess when you're in like that entrepreneurial journey yeah, or that growth so. journey, it's so much about the self and, you know, how to train your mind and mm-hmm. how to heal the body and how to, you know, do these things with business. But I'd never gone deeper into learning about relationships yeah. other than, you know, experience and kind of listening to podcasts. Yeah. And I thought, how do I deep dive into this? Dude, it's incredible, it isn't is, it? It, so. it is incredible. Like, um, yeah, it just, it made me understand a lot by my, uh, about myself and um, things that I didn't even know um, about, you know, the female, f- female gender, you know, how, <sighs> how the emotions and how the thoughts work, you know. Yeah. But it's so good to hear it just straight up. Like, yeah. you know, like how, you know, um, how to you know balance your own thoughts and your own um, emotions towards how they react because um, a lot of examples in that book um, a lot of relationships go through those problems you know like yeah. where um, they're just you know two people not understanding each other and yeah. it's just because of the information that they don't have yes um, so yeah I think like it's important to like um, search for those in that those type of inf- information that you need for yourself so you can you know um have better relationships with um you know women and other men and yeah oh uh, yeah I, I feel like that that's how that stuff is so important yeah that, um um at times i really do believe that a lot of a lot of it's been kind of forgotten or like yes it's not being practiced anymore you know? yeah a lot of people aren't putting the time you know trying to understand yeah. these things that are just so, um, you know, they're just second nature to us, yeah. but we're just not um, implementing them every day into our understanding, um, yeah. which is why, like, you know, um, you know, some of our relationships that don't work out and, um, you know, our own understanding of, you know, how to be and how to act and, you know, um, the responsibilities to take up when you, you know, when you're trying to build a relationship with someone yeah okay? yeah um, so understanding yeah. that other side of the other person's like point of view yeah remember as i was going through it i realized 
how much I had fucked up (laughs) because I was like, oh, that's... Yeah, literally, I'm like, women are like this? What? (laughs) You're kidding. Because that's, you know, I was... I'm a very... You know, the other book, Intimate Communion, right at the start, there's a quiz to work out your core. Yeah. And I'm like, out of 10 questions, I'm like eight masculine, very dominant in that way. And then there's two where I'm neutral, but they they really came down to like communication where I wanted to be respectful and not one person dominant. Yeah, or the other, yeah, yeah. but what? And I had this discussion the other day with um, with a with a woman, and it was around polarity. And it's funny because I was right back at the start of this the potty. Mm. I was going to talk about relationships because this yeah. kind of came up, and it's to do with mental health. Yeah, and it's that when you're rela- you're in a relationship and it's going ten out of ten, well, yeah. the world can be burning down around you, and you're like, it's all good. Yeah, I got I'm my queen. <laughs> Yeah, but you can have everything else going for you, and you're and you and for us guys, our misses, we've got an issue going on. It's like life sucks, and so I really feel like something that will help so much for people is to be able to learn these things for their relationship because that's massive in mental health. But the other part of it is, you know, we were discussing polarity and. In, in this day and age sort of where it's changed and this this links in with the mental health side of it in that if we kind of go through it in a bit of a chronological order f- just for a moment that in in what's gone on in the last say 60 or so years mm. we've had more and more focus and emphasis on equality and women becoming you know more business and career oriented those things direction purpose structure are masculine energies Mm. masculine roles so women are taking on more of this masculine role and then obviously on the flip side there's you know there are more men now doing the stay-at-home dad thing or taking on more feminine roles so what's happening in this this shift is equality to me is massive Mm, in in terms of the business environment but we need to be able to step back from that in our relationship space and go I'm the masculine and you're the feminine or you're vice versa depending and step into that because what happens is a lot of the time we take one energy and just generalize it across everything which is what I used to do and now it's realizing that Hey, your woman can be driven in her business and her career and she wants to do that but yeah. as soon as she clocks off you are her man like yeah. you yeah. are treating her as your queen mm. and don't make her get to make this like yeah. don't force her to make decisions or do those things like step into that role yeah, yeah. and and in the, in the vice versa with the the women it's like um in the same side of it with the men there's knowing that a lot of women want to be heard by men and felt by men, but it's understanding how men operate because, you know, we try to fix the problem. Yeah, yeah. And that's where, like, if, if women could understand how we work in the same way, us understanding each other, we get the dynamic and the clicks. But what's what I've, I guess, in, in terms of with the, the way society has continued and we've got more of this equality in our pay and business and career that's a lot of people have generalized that into like men and women being equal mm. but we need to be and that's where i feel like there's a lot of that challenge it also links in then with you put put that as we kind of go like an addition equation here we've got yeah. that plus the fact that there's social media now you can be in relationship with your beautiful queen but you're on instagram and you're like ooh. 
like, she's yeah. all right. Yeah. And then there becomes comparison. And then you go, oh, she's got that feature. My missus doesn't. And that straight away, you start tearing away mm-hmm. from the beauty of your woman. Yeah. And that is, you know, ripping away from that polarity because you go, oh, now I'm not as attracted to this chick. You know, I might, yeah. so I'm going to yeah. f- give her a follow. Yeah. People yeah. are doing this while they're in bed next to them. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And this is, so that again yeah, takes more polarity away yeah. because you, you think back years before this was a thing. We didn't have that ability to go and compare. Like back in the day, most f- people got married within their hometown because yeah. that's where yeah. they were. You know, obviously we've had more and more transport becoming available, so there's more travel. But then with technology, not only is there the social media, but now that you know the dating apps and everything, it's just so easy and accessible to just go get someone yeah. else. Mm-hmm. And that's also where when we put the two together, the lack of polarity, so what we would call neutrality or depolarization, and easy accessibility to others that's why you know there's the divorce rates are so high because there's more of this neutrality and they're kind of like these things aren't working out and and especially with younger people there's so much cheating prominent now and so many people jumping in relationship jump out and and this that and the other because of easy accessibility and that's where you know i guess for me what i'm developing is when people go through the identity system is depending on where they're at and what they're you know what they want to transform in their life i'll have a book for whatever topic it is yeah. so if it's a man going dude i want to work stuff out with my wife this is your book if it's a woman going hey yeah. i want to be understood here's your book and get your man to read this you yeah. know or if they want to um transform you know they want to heal themselves here's your book so for me it's like now this is kind of like the final aspect of, well not final there'll never be an end yeah. but you know yeah. it's this this kind of later aspect that now brings that in and i genuinely feel it would light up so many intimate relationships yeah, yeah. because um, you just see it so much and and that's a big thing that I did wrong in my past relationships because I was so masculine yeah. in my way and so yeah. clear and you know I was driven and I was purposeful yeah. so I made the decisions but what I'd also do was project that onto my partner yeah. so she was like she would take on those things and become more masculine and then I'd question in time why is that polarity going why aren't yeah. I seeing her in the yeah. same way I did at the start well now I look back I'm like idiot like i was putting that on there driving everywhere yeah 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 Yeah. so yeah incredible incredible book you gotta be careful with um social media too eh? like Mm. with comparison and not just with your partner and other women other men like just people in general like Mm. you know like fitness people entrepreneurs millionaires everyone Mm. like like i'm not afraid to admit when i used um, when I used to see someone more successful than me, I used to be intimidated. Yeah. Now I'm empowered. Yes. Like I, yep. used to, I used to, like I used to see someone doing something better than me in my field or whatever it is, and I used to just feel sorry for myself and be like, oh, you know, why is this person? Yeah. Then when I changed my mindset to be influenced and empowered and motivated by these people, I saw a massive switch within myself as well. Yeah. yeah. And how I look, not just at social media, but the world as well. Yeah. yeah. Because like you can rather take one or two things as rather be empowered or be intimidated by it. Yeah. But being intimidated by it is not going to push you more forward than where you want to go. Yeah. It's only going to make you sit down and like for myself I felt sorry for myself but that wasn't getting me anywhere at the time so when I started being empowered by it I started making more moves to push forward you know yeah. it's like you were making music you know like it's like if J. Cole releases a song and you're like oh I'm not making music 100%. but J. Cole just put this song out but instead you're like J. Cole's released this song I want to write something yeah, yeah. that's what it was like for me 100% I, I full like understand what you mean by that because like I, mm. I believe that envy is 
a friend of doubt. Yeah. Like, and if you start envying people, you start doubting your own, like, ability to be great as well. Mm. Um, and like, cause like, I feel like that that was a little battle I went through as well. Um, like where I was like, you know, um, thinking I was underworking or people were better than me because I, you know, um, but I I just got to a point where I I accepted like, um, I accepted to taking how great people are instead yeah. of straight away being like um, oh what can I do mm. like because he's done that what can I do instead of that I, I started taking in oh that's mad you've done this yeah. let me just have a look at what you've done mm-hmm. and just take in what you've done um, and then that kind of took all my doubt away of myself Yeah. Um, after me just accepting oh that's mad like you know and like praising people made me accept that Everything I'm doing is like you know it. It's not like perfect, but I'm 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 as as well as he is. I'm I'm striving to be my greatest. So like yeah. it just kind of took away like you know my ego and thinking you know I was more better than people or my pride or whatever. Yeah. So I just you know envy is it's my worst enemy. I hate I hate like the thought of you know thinking that you know someone's better than me or like yeah. you know I just except people that are doing great you know like yeah. you know where I'm inspired I'm inspired but yeah um, yeah. but I think that's what goes back envy to envy has to be out of the fucking equation yeah that goes back to what Tolly was talking about earlier like external and internal mm. you know you see your external stuff and you internally feel different you gotta balance them out so they're both good yeah I well like that's what came with it if, if external if something external to you is mm. making you feel like you're envying them yeah. or you're doubting yourself it means you're you know there's something lacking internally yeah. and that's where the process of fulfillment within the self that internal identity is the answer to all yeah. of that and it's you know it's in, in the same way now if i see a nice car like a ferrari or a porsche or a tesla drive past i literally am like yeah, yeah. like yeah. to that person like yeah. i'm yeah. like well done because yeah. you've yeah. done well to get there yeah. i appreciate that and yeah. i know like being around other people in the past they're like Oh, fuck, you know, rich asshole yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, what yeah, about yeah. if you appreciated the work that's gone into that? Then you're looking definitely. at it in a positive. You're more driven because the reason that you're rejecting it is because you want it but don't have it. Yeah. If yeah. you could flip it and go, you want it, but you could get it, that's where that whole thing shifts. And it's um, it's really interesting. It also links in with the way that, because we're kind of, this is like an external feedback. Yeah. I don't have it, I want it, or I don't have it, stuff them. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, make or break and it's very similar and you know how we're talking about the masculine feminine yep, this yeah. links in as well because someone that's typically a masculine and this you know they speak about this yep. in the book but from the experience if you challenge a masculine person and give them constructive criticism and feedback they're like bring it on like yeah. I'm gonna get you told me I couldn't do that I'm gonna fucking show yeah, you I was just about to ask you that yeah, yeah. but with the feminine that breaks them and that cracks them and they go you, you, you're doubting me yeah. I, I can't do this mm, and, yeah. and I had to learn that the hard way with the previous relationship because yeah, for me I was so masculine where I'd look at what they were doing and I was like this is how I'm going to do it and if someone told me you need to improve this I'd go to work on it like crazy until it was a strength yeah. so I'd just project what worked for me onto others not realizing that their feminine energy that crushed them yeah. because they needed encouragement so masculine is kind of you know in terms of both of them encouragement is greater long term but masculine thrive on challenge 
because it's like it's it's challenging their power to produce, which is a masculine trait. While feminine, it's about love and connection. So they thrive on encouragement, and you can actually see this. And this is important, you know, in, in youth work. You yeah. know what you do, rise Definitely. young young men that have really masculine fathers. Mm. If the father is super masculine, it can actually crack the kid and they become feminine. You know, the reason the masculine father pushes them, it's like, make him tough. Yeah. Yeah. But if the kid doesn't have the confidence, they go into feminine, they just crack and get worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Be, I sh- not, sorry, I should say fe- more feminine, more feminine, more feminine. In the father's yeah. point of view, it's worse and worse because he wants yeah. a hardened kid. But it's like, the harder I push him, the more he, be- you know, they'd say, like, yeah. the more he becomes a wimp yeah. or a pussy. But it's realizing that those are the kind of kids you build with encouragement and confidence and then once they feel like they've got confidence in themselves then you can give them the constructive criticism but if someone doesn't have confidence in themselves first when you challenge them it cripples them and that's the same thing with the envy if you are challenged with something and you have full self-confidence you're like let's fucking go like let's step up to the plate but if there's something lacking that's where the envy or the doubt or the you know the comparison comes yeah. in in a negative way so it's it's also for you know for everyone listening and as we're talking it's a great point of awareness for self-awareness to go is there anyone i see that i envy or that i don't like or i resent or you know i have this towards them because they're more successful yeah. okay it could be in the area of finance or relationship or career or sport or aesthetic whatever it is yeah Huh, okay, so where, and that right there, that's like a self-awareness point to go, okay, that's an area where there's a negativity, so I'm not fully confident in that. What would I need to do to feel fully confident there? And that's like mm. personal coaching right there for everyone at home. It's yeah. a, okay, there is someone there. Who is it? Okay, this person. That means that in that area of my life, I'm not fully confident or fulfilled, so what would I need to do to nail that? Okay, X, Y, Z, done. And that's how you start creating that internal yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I get that through making tasks through the day, you know, yeah. and completing them. Yeah. Because, um, like, I'm a very driven by goals and setting out a routine of stuff to do. And, like, um, sometimes it gets me in trouble, sometimes it doesn't. But if someone says to me, you can't do this, I make sure I do it. Yeah. Like, I make sure, like, I achieve that. Whether it's, yeah. Yeah, whether it's jumping in the pool yeah. and it's cold or whether it's, Achieving something, or whether it's quitting drugs, or yeah, because you know, I was taking drugs every day. Everyone says to me, "Oh, you'd never get off the drugs." And I feel like that's what pushing it off. Yeah, fuel the fire. Same with cigarettes. Like, oh, now you're relying on cigarettes because mm. you quit the drugs. Now quit the cigarettes. And it was just like every time I get a challenge, it pushes me to complete it. Mm. I feel like that's where my willpowers come. Because yes. Now when anyone says anything to me, or if I say something to myself, I know within me. I can achieve anything because my possibilities are made up from my own mind. My possibilities are made up from my limits that I put on myself. And as long as I don't have those limits on me, I can push and strive for anything I want. Like, I don't know, like an esky. If I really want to fit in an esky, I will stretch, do yoga for as long as I can. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that analogy. I'm just imagining you in an esky right now. You there, right? That last bit, boys. I'm just doing the ice bath in the esky, bro. <laughs> 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 so good. Oh. You know what I'm about like, it, like, yeah. I know what you mean by that. Like, the competitive side in you as well, like, you know like I'm not sure if that's a bad thing to have good thing but 
I make sure I only tap into that side of me when it's beneficial. Yeah. Like yeah. if I know if it's going to negatively impact someone because of stubbornness, I'll, I'll try and avoid that. Yeah. Because I know that does come from a place of stubbornness yeah. as well. Yeah. I had this conversation today with Nicole, who I was do- Nicole Kargakis, mm. incredible woman, so wise. Mm. Um, and it was uh, around self-acceptance and, and knowing where our, and I spoke about this on Think Mental the other day, yeah. um, around when we can step into that and when we can't because for me in the past why I got so unwell was because I was obsessed like I was compulsive in my drive and I couldn't control it and I didn't know how to stop you know everything had to be I had to be getting better be learning be improving with everything and that's why I didn't have an off switch and being able to as you were saying right just before about knowing when to tap into that is important Mm -hmm. because if we can't tap in and tap out we leave that bike on overnight you know it's just going constantly so it's it's a tool and that's where i now call it like conscious drive rather than unconscious drive because when we're in autopilot we we don't have the control and it's yeah it's being able to go this is when it's going to serve me and serve others and this is when you know i need to take some rest yeah or i I need this yeah exactly yeah to a t yeah Yeah, it's like i i tell scousers sometimes when i'm in my bubble of making music I get so lost that sometimes five days goes by and I've been full like in my bubble but when I come out and like um, you know have my break and like um, I go back in like um, it feels like 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 I've it it doesn't feel like I've been stuck in something it feels like I've been I've I um I did something that was meant to be done. Yes. Like even though I lost so much energy after yeah. the five days, but when I take my break, like I don't plan like oh okay one day break. Sometimes I take a few days or yeah. like a day or whatever. But um, it feels like that was for a purpose. Yeah. But um, I do I do like um remind myself that oh okay once I start getting like in like example like I've, I've been through a few days and then like third fourth fourth day i my motivation or my my thinking is just not going how my routine flows yeah and i just i just like tell myself all right that's it just step yep. away from it take it right um but yeah like um like what you said before like um it's not bad to be a hard worker it's just knowing like when to you know wind back kind of yeah. but um but yeah like as well as what I was saying before, like, I'm just trying to find answers to, like, balance, you know, my, you know, <laughs> everything, I guess, and, like, yeah. find my peace as well yeah. as, because I realize that, like, even though, like, um, you know, some, I'll have, like, really good months of my mental health feels like, you know, I'm healthy, I'm, I'm living, yeah, there's stress, but I'm getting through stuff. Hmm. Um, it just feels like, um, you know, um, it's still like something that I have to, the knowledge that I have to get is still something that I'm searching for. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's like, it's like a never ending search kind of because yes. like life changes so much. Hmm. Like in a month, I go through so much in a month sometimes. Yeah. Like end of that month, I'm like, fuck, like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. like what do I have to do? You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. 
um, I just think to myself, all right, what do I have to do like, yeah. in the next, you know, next week or whatever, yeah. you know, to wind myself back or like... One know. of the biggest things I could, you know, recommend, and this is advice for yeah. everyone listening, is set a morning and evening routine mm. that you do every day. Because what happens, and this is where the strength of my processes come in and the system is, I have my morning routine every single day and my evening routine, no matter what happens in the day, whether I've had a terrible terribly rough day or have had an incredible day i come back to my center and that is in my state of internal fulfillment so then i don't have the the roller coaster you know how i said like people yeah. are like how are you always like this because of you know my routine the internal yeah. identity so it's setting a few things that are that fill your cup and then in the, in the morning and the evening because then when you start and end the day you're always in that center so you're always feeling good and it kind of keeps a roller coaster more centered and in that way you're able to progress more because you know when you have a huge high and then a huge low it's energy sapping because mm. you're shifting so hard mm. your thought patterns are going so far but if you're consistent mm. it's more energy efficient so that's that's the you know my routines are very you know in-depth yeah. and, and extensive yeah. which I've you know spoken about before and there's a little bit of them here and there on social media but um the that side of it is how I ensure I can continue to progress yeah. and it keeps me in that state where I'm not searching I've got my you know my simple answers yeah. each day and it's like um, your anchors eh? yeah absolutely yeah. 100% yeah. I'm anchoring anchoring to yeah. a state of fulfillment each and every day yeah um, and those it's, it's like simple things like I wake up in the morning I always do my gratitude and then I go through um, if I stated them out right now I go through my, my gratitude as soon as my eyes open it's now habitual five things I'm grateful for I say them out loud then I set my intention for the day then I get out of bed usually I'll go to a loo yeah then I'll feel the scent the, the energy through my body kind of like what you guys felt before in that quick breath yeah. and that reminds me hey like this is all impermanent you know you know they say one of the biggest motivations for people you're going to die one day yeah. and that puts me in that yeah. state of like okay this is this all really that important yeah. no I'm going to die one day don't take it too serious like just do your best today yeah. from there I'll um, make my bed I'll have my 500 mils of water I'll laugh for a minute which is incredible for setting the day yeah. it feels yeah. so good after then I'll rebound then I'll go if I'm having my subs then I'll go out and breathe so I might do Five minutes of breath, two minutes of breath, lead into a meditation. For me, you know, 25 minutes, half yeah. an hour. But for anyone else, a minute. Yeah, it doesn't have to be long. It's just it's just developing the habit. Then from there, I, I do my, I embody my success. So I go through, you know, my, my visions, my dreams, my manifestation mm-hmm. process. Then I do my... You, um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about, like, how you approach your manifestation. Yeah. Um, or your vision. You yeah. Know, your vision in time. 100%. You, yeah. So I always do my manifestation, which is the visualizing yeah. process, but I don't, okay, what I'll say is what I will do, yeah. Yeah. is I do it in a state of it's already done and I'm grateful that it's already done. Because if we're talking quantum outs, you know, because we've got Newtonian physics and we've got quantum physics. One is space-time and one is time-space, so they're opposing. Um, so quantum physics is in the fact that time is not linear, and if we manifest it, you know, if I'm grateful and experiencing that now in the quantum, at some point in my life, it's going to happen. Yeah. So it just has relative time is just not at that point in the timeline yeah. right now. So let's say, for example, it's at the moment, if I use my health one, for example, I'll finish my meditation coming through the end of it. And I know when that finishes, I go into my, my process. Yeah. So right now, the, for my manifestation for my health, mm-hmm. the, the words, so to speak, for context for those listening is that I am optimally healthy and energy from within 
So I'm not requiring externals for that. And then I'm going to the toilet because obviously I've had the stomach issues. Yeah. You know, once to twice per day with number four, which is on a Bristol stool chart. It's a, a category of your, your stool basically because yeah. that's a big thing for me as an indicator of where I'm at. Number four, fully digested brown stool once to twice per day. Um, and have full control over my bowel. And so they're the words I kind of say, but what I'm doing is I'm going through and I'm imagining the, the areas where I've struggled in the past. Yeah. So when I'm going out to a place where I don't feel safe because I don't know where the toilets are, which has caused massive you know, PTSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm visualizing and going through, okay, I'm at the shopping center and I feel like I need to go. I don't know where the toilet is. I'm fully calm. I'm sweet. I'm yeah. comfortable. Okay. It's like, I'm grateful that this is already happening. Yeah. And then yeah. I'll go through and be like, okay, I'm out for a walk in the bush with a bunch of people. And same thing. There's no toilets. I'm with a crew. I'm sweet. If an, if something arises, I'm good. And I'm going through it as though like it was the challenge that was going to occur and I've overcome it yeah. and it's already done and I'm grateful for that. And then I'll go into like the, the physical goals. So 200 kilo deadlift, 100 kilo bench, 160 kilo squat, 80 kilo snatch, 100 kilo clean and jerk, 15 strict pull-ups, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Sub 20 minute 5K run. But what I do is I go through the embodiment process. So like I'm feeling it. So I'm, I'm laying down or I'm in my seated, but I'm feeling the set of my deadlift position. I'm feeling my spine. I'm yes. feeling that exactly like it's, it's happening in the moment, yeah. but it's already done. Then I go through, yes, and I'm in that state because what the in terms of manifestation if you you guys at home want to hear about understanding manifestation the science behind it listen to the interview with bob proctor and jay shetty on on purpose paradigm yeah 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 so when we talk about like the frequencies frequencies and 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 energy in terms of our body is based on our subconscious not our conscious Um, because that's kind of like transmitter and receiver so we're thinking a radio station we're we're tuning to that we do it through the subconscious so i do a post meditation because that's when i'm most tapped into the subconscious in a theta wave state and i go through that and and i'm going through it as though they're already done and they're successful so that's what i would do for health i go through each of those exercises the completion of them how it feels how great i feel from it and you know, I've done that with a number of things that I'm down now doing. So once I achieve it, well, okay, what's the next thing I'm manifesting? And it's it's incredible how many things, you know, in that way have, have occurred. Um, and then the same thing, whether it be finance or relationships or whatever, it's the same principle. We feel it because feeling is what rewires the subconscious, mm. not, yeah. the, not the logical thinking, that emotion. And that's why it's like I feel the bar. I feel the experience of that moment of like coming out and locking out of the top and being like, yeah, feeling yeah. that masculine energy. And um, that's, that's what I do at the end of the, the meditation for the manifestation. Then I go through my identity questions, which is more about, you know, the, the who I am. Yeah. And I'm usually doing that in the sun. So out on the balcony, getting my vitamin D, yeah, and then I'll do my cold immersion, whether it's a cold shower or an ice bath. That's my morning routine. And that just happens habitually every single day, no matter what I'm doing, and I feel like a king. Yeah. And then in the evening, when the sun goes down, with our circadian rhythms, my blue light blockers come on, my, my glasses, to stop the, the blue light for our melatonin. I'll dim the lights in the house. If I'm on a screen, they're all going to night mode and sleep mode and, and whatnot. Um, from there, I will um, put my phone in the kitchen so I don't have it in my room. That way, I, I'm not distracted because I used to be like, oh, clients, got to get yeah, back yeah. to them. So I, I um, have my Yui Boom playing with subconscious affirmations yeah. for when I sleep and all around health. And then um, I'll go through, I have a hot shower because 
This is a big one is that when we go to sleep, our body temperature drops. It's a regulation process. And for me, I look at every way I can hack the human body and the human mind. And the way we can hack the human body for sleep is you have a hot shower right before bed or a hot bath. Because of the heat, your body's trying to cool itself. So as soon as you get out and you get into bed, your body's already cooling itself. So that step's done. Tick. So now you can drop into a sleep quicker. So I have the hot shower. Then I'll get into bed. I'll do my, my journal. And then I'll do my, I'll read for, you know, five or so minutes. Then I'll do what I'm letting go of from the day. So whatever stressed me, whatever's built up within me, then I'll do my gratitude and it's lights out, pass out. Mm. Um, and what I do isn't as important. I'm giving that structure because I know from the technician podcast, I had yeah. so many people like, oh, dude, I'm going to implement that. Yeah. So it's valuable for some people because it gives them an outline. Yeah. Other people, it might be, you know, I'm going to, for girls, I'm going to dance in the morning. I'm going to play a tune and get in my feminine, yeah. which is, yeah. oh, when you see a girl in her feminine dancing away, <laughs> oh my God. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, legitimately. So it's like for females that want to tap into more feminine, it's like go and dance. It could be, you know, for someone else, it's it might be movement straight away, getting up and doing their push-ups or whatever it might be. Or, um, you know, if it's, you know, when you're first waking up in the morning and you're going to bed at night, that's when you're most creative because you're in a drop-down brainwave state. So it could be that, you know, as soon as as you wake up, it's like, I'm going to write some lyrics. Boom, drop it down. Like that can be a part of your morning routine because then you know every morning you wake up, it is a ritual, a part of your day that you feel good. I nailed that today. I got those lyrics out. I got those lines out. So It's funny you say that because the most time that I'm mostly motivated and I write my best stuff is either... I'm tired as fuck before bed yeah. or I just woke up yeah. and my brain's gone, oh, mad bars. And yeah, I'm just yeah, like, oh. Yeah, dude, literally. <laughs> it's, it's actually why a lot of us struggle to go to sleep is because we switch into that slower brainwave and the creative thoughts start. Mm. Um, and when those creative thoughts start, that's where I've used to struggle because I get my phone out and be like, yeah. oh, I had that idea. I'll send that to my client. We'll do this. We'll implement yeah. these things. Yeah. That's where I've needed to kind of stop that. Mm. I still have my journal beside my bed. If something crucial comes up, I'll jot it down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that process. I need to put that into practice, though. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Massive. I'm so happy that you're bringing awareness to your routine because it's something that I feel like it's got enough awareness for like from media from people from anyone there's no one pushing routine and stability in life I'm glad that you're going on podcasts going on social media going face to face and meeting people going to events and publicly speaking pushing this message because I believe it is such a crucial part of our life and needs to be implemented on a daily basis but there's no awareness to it until we get people like yourself coming on public platforms and being able to push this message yeah, I feel like you're doing an amazing job at it. Thanks, yeah, bro. And talk about your own experience. Your own you know, experience. that's yeah. it's moving as you know on its own. So yeah, it gives like <laughs> you know I admire shit like that. So you know, a lot yeah. of people will be the same. Yeah, and like a lot of people are looking for their their own answers. Yeah. So it's good to have people like you know. Right now, I'm getting my own answers. You know, I'm taking in a lot for myself. A lot of people are doing the same. You know? Yeah. So it's good to have this type of conversations with what's going on in the world at the moment it's more timely than ever like these routines because we have such a a split and a divide and these tensions and there's a lot of tension that's why i've i recently said on socials like i've been epic through almost this entire thing Mm. solely because i've had my routines that keep me in my centered place and my ground like if you're anchored here and here 
you can't swing too far away from the morning because you're coming back in the evening. Mm. But, you know, when people don't have them, they've had a rough day the day before. It continues, it gets worse yeah. and it builds and it's just like this cascading of effect. So the routines are, are crucial and, you know, they create that daily fulfillment and mm. that's, you know, really what everyone is seeking, that yeah, fulfillment, so. integrity, authenticity. Yeah, mm. exactly. And there was something that I saw... On your Instagram, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you about. Ooh. It was your biggest learning of experience of 2021 is collaboration. Collaboration. So yeah. Gives a bit of a deep dive into that. Grab yourself a vodka, team. <laughs> oh. So my whole life, my whole journey in terms of my story and what I told myself was I'm different and that's why I'm going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. I am the best and that's why I will succeed. But when you perceive yourself as the best and you're different, it leaves no room for anyone else to be involved because when you're the best, no one's better mm. and, and no one can even equal. You know, when you're champion, there's only second, third and onwards. Yeah. So I never collaborated with anyone. You know, there was things where I needed to do, to do teamwork, but most of the time I'd carry the load or I'd get, you know, uni assignments, I'd get other people's yeah. work and then I'd go and adjust it and edit it. And same yeah. thing with like with commentary and stuff, I'd always be doing the, all the, the results prep and all of that background info for competitors myself for the team. And I what I got to realize was that when you're in this state mm. you can own like I only have so much that I know and only yeah. so far that I can spread myself before I'm one burnt out and two I run out of resources yeah. and so what's come up for me in, in 2021 and it's you know this is again where my identity system has manifested this because one of my questions is why is my business or why are my business families and I put this in the Insta post mm. so loving joyful grateful fulfilled and committed mm. to our long term journey of impact yeah. And the, the question before that is, why am I always surrounded by such conscious, loving, growth-minded, and accepting beings? Mm. And I'm going through that every single day and asking myself, so I am explaining why it's happening. And because I'm explaining it, I'm living into that every day. So it's occurring. And when I started to go, for me to reach the, you know, with this identity system that I've created, yeah, this needs to go out to the world in a big way. And I'm going, I can't do that myself. Mm. I don't know marketing. I don't yeah. know, you know, enough people. Mm. I don't have a great enough reach. You know, yeah. 5,000 people on Instagram is not going to change the world. Exactly. So, so it was me going, I know I have a message and I know I have something I'm supposed to share. I've gone through what I've gone through for a reason. I need to get beyond myself. Yeah. Stop bullshitting yourself, Todd, thinking that you can do this yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, the, I guess the guys that I look up to, they got two big guys for me over the years were Tony Robbins and Tom Bilyeu. Mm. And of, you know, Tony Robbins, the, the yeah. mindset coach, Tom Bilyeu of Impact Theory and Quest Nutrition. Yeah. And I looked at them and was like, yeah, but they're the head guys. And then mm. over time it was going... But they've got teams yeah. and they've got people that can do things that they can't do. They can't carry the load. and You've got a network. Yeah, exactly, the, the team. And so for me, it was, you know, as I'd go through my questions every day, I was getting closer and closer to this, I want to partner with other people. But the big challenge for me was when I'd go to partner with people was me being able to let go of the reins because, 
you know, you can have a team around you, but if you're still doing everything, it's not a team. Mm. It, it looks like a team, yeah. but you're still limiting yourself. So dictatorship. Exactly, yeah. It's like, and, and when I, the way I ran TJT back in the day yeah. was I had assistant, you know, a senior mentor under me and then assistant mentors, mm-hmm. but I'd pretty much do everything and then just tell them here and there, you know, okay, change this, adjust this. And the majority of it was still done by me. Yeah. Again, because I couldn't let go of the control. It was a real challenge. Mm-hmm. And so coming, like moving through, 2021 was if I want to serve and impact the world as I know I'm here to do I need to start to team up with people and as I really started to embody that and make that intention clear every single day with my questions people just started flowing in like people down on the Gold Coast and the Cool to Be Conscious crew and then um other guys in the breathwork space and other people wanting to get on board with the identity system and then all these you know heaps and heaps of different podcasts have reached out and it's just like this is us getting the message out to the world and these are these things happening and in the lesson that I've learned yeah it's that and this might not be for everyone but for me I'm not as good as I thought Mm. because when you step back you see and when you actually step away from you know you could say pride or gratitude in, mm. in what because I've worked hard to yeah. achieve and, and to know the things that I know. Yeah. But when I'm so focused on that, you can't appreciate, you know, what Bill's got, what yeah. Rye's got, because you're like, I can do this and I can do this and this and this. And then like, mm. everyone else is like, oh, I can do this too, but you're not really listening. Mm. Yeah. You're kind of like, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it, but I can do it better. Yeah. yeah, you're in that state. It's in landmark, they call it already, always listening. Yeah. You're basically already assuming what, you know, you already know from mm. past experience. And when I took, when that, when I realized that, I was like, I'm going to step back from me and I'm going to hear everyone mm. and really see and experience what they can do. And when I, st- you know, I kind of put myself back and was like, I'm the student to everyone. Mm. And that's kind of what I'm, you know, embodying now yeah. as much as I can is I'm going to be the student in every situation mm. and I'm going to look what I can learn from them. And it just starts to blossom and shine, like the yeah. strengths that other people have. Yeah. That's what me and Gaudi always say to yeah. each other. We're students of life. Yeah. Like, because when we were talking to you before the podcast started, um, like what this podcast is about, it's about uh, providing a bit of education with the guests we bring on. But it's, yeah. it's a lot of this me and Gaudi learning heaps too. Yeah. Like, 100%, because yeah. when we bring someone like yourself, the amount of knowledge we're gaining like it's like we're a fan yeah. you know like we get yeah. so much from yeah. but being able to engage in it as well yeah. and it's really it's really um, yeah. can't think of the word I'm trying to think of but it's really good yeah, yeah. it's epic just it's rewarding it's rewarding it's definitely yeah. rewarding yeah. like I feel like every time we you know we have conversations about things that are gonna you know make our you know whatever like mental fitness you know all this, the things that matter, mm. um, trying to find answers and asking questions and having conversations with people. Every time I do that, it's so like I feel like I I'm left with way more than I yeah intended to like receive. Yeah, so it's always fulfilling. Like yeah. I get home and I'm like, that was mad. Yeah. Now I gotta I'm back in my world, but look what I just took out of that day. Like, yeah, you know, someone just told me all this like you know. And just to meet other people that are like, just want the best for themselves. Yeah. That's always great because, like, yeah. I guess everyone's like trying to strive for that. So, mm. and, oh, definitely. Yeah, and it's not easy to come by. Um, I think that's a big struggle for a lot of people too, um, which is why I um, I voice 
foundation so much mm. find good people to be around mm. um, you know because if you find good people no matter what you're going through they're going to support you yes. and they're going to influence you to do better they're going to make you feel like you're worthy to be here you know yeah because sometimes i think um all the problems come from people feeling like they're not a part of something that should be um making you feel whole i think when people love you and people care for you you feel whole mm. you feel like there's like you know you could be that that could be other things that are happening that you could feel like it's really heavy on your life but if you have that type of support you're going to feel safer than without it so yeah i feel like your foundations are really important your good friends you know good conversations um look up you know how to fix you know your thoughts like you know like yeah research about things um laugh more laugh yeah. more. like cuz a lot of times I I realize cuz I live by myself and stuff you know a lot of times I realize that like I literally tell myself like yeah um mm. find things that make you like have a like a, a humor like yeah. Yeah, laugh so like like you know in this last 6 months I've been you know making time to find the things that make me laugh and like mm. you know watch things that you know are like you know funny or like you know knowledgeable like just mm. all these little things that like I just never never did yeah. never made the time for yeah um I'm trying to make them you yeah. know I can definitely see that with um cuz Galia is a son and I can see that resemblance with you and your son like every yeah. time with your son it's just a good time yeah, yeah bro he's like a good time. yeah I think like he um What's his name? Uh Cairo. Cairo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's a big reason why I'm trying to like, you know, think a little bit more, you know, of my like cuz I feel like if I help myself then just then it's just going to be an example. You are the like, example. You know, yeah. like I feel like that's how kids learn like, yeah. you know, everything I teach him is by showing him and yeah. he's good at it straight away. Yeah. So, if I keep explaining to him maybe he's not at the age to understand it's yeah. about me showing him you like, do it you yeah. Know, yeah if yeah. i do it cuz like every time i do something he'll copy me so yeah like, so exactly oh, you shit. get in the ice <laughs> yeah. bath he'll want to do yeah. it yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> Luke, lucas malik 100%. from um temple yeah. brazilian jiu jitsu yeah. where i was going yeah. um his his little boy cuz he'd ice bath every day yeah. we go around and we'd ice bath with him i think we did it a couple of times his little boy's like one Yeah. Because he'd see all of us doing it. He's like, "No, no, Ben." So literally, Lucas would have this like little bub in the ice yeah. bath yeah. and he wanted to do it because he's like, "Daddy's doing it." So that's that's like being the example. Yeah. And uh, I feel what one point that you raise there about being around particular people yeah. is one value add for everyone is find someone that you look up to that you consider to potentially be out of your reach, mm. out of you know, out of your friend zone yeah. reach kind of thing, and send them a message and just say, "Hey, you're an incredible person I look up to is there any way I could buy your coffee just to hear yeah. your story because yeah. one thing is everyone wants to tell their story yeah. but you learn so much like I was really fortunate to have an, one of my clients incredible man super successful businessman like yeah. multi-million dollar mansions and stuff like that through Brizzy and and I said hey let's let's go grab lunch one day after the session and we did and we sat down and just through our conversation at lunch when I wasn't coaching him we just we just got chatting yeah. 
And because he's so financially successful and so business successful, we got talking about investing. Yeah. And this is where just by being someone at a, at a level that does it so well, it just uncovers your blind spots. Because for me, I was like, I was always kind of nervous about investing again, because I was like, oh, this is not my specialty. Yeah. And literally, we had like three sentences of conversation that just fucking boom and yeah, I was like man. oh there it is so I, I, I said to Light bulb moment. oh dude yeah. and it was like he didn't even mean it he yeah. was because he was just talking at his level yeah. but yeah. when you're a multi-millionaire you know and he's done as well as he has mm. and then you've got this young guy that knows the mind incredibly well but hasn't done the whole business thing yet yeah he's we were talking about investing and he said um, what he does is he invests in his industry so the industry that he knows and he said I was like oh okay and he said yeah I invest in the industry because what I do is I know which companies have the advantage I've got the inside scoop so I can hack it so you know I can maximize my benefit my reward my return and I was just like huh because for me, I'd always looked at investing as which has the least downside mm. because I didn't know it and I never thought about, for him, his view isn't, oh, screw the downside. It's like, I just know the upsides. Yeah. So his view on investing was maximizing the upside. So he was, a, you know, if we talk about scarcity and abundance mindset with yep. finance, he's investing abundantly, which is why he's so wealthy. For me, I was minimizing my investments like, oh, I don't know, that might be a risk, that might be a risk. Yeah. It was all about scarcity and losing, whereas his was about making. Just that conversation, I was like, shit yeah. like that that one conversation that we had at lunch has completely shifted my view on investing now yeah, it's like yeah. right let's go and I've been doing that since like yeah. th- that afternoon I was like okay right let's do my areas it's so, like um, it's like instead of being scared of failure you take you take your chances of opportunity yeah instead mm. so like instead of like for an example um, going to a footy trial and you're yeah. scared to fail so you don't rock up yeah. what about the opportunity that can come from it just from you going and willing to give it a go yeah, yeah no, so yeah. I reckon stick to your guns and go for opportunity 100%. yeah 100 absolutely yeah so to, for those that are listening that want to step up their game in, in an area it's like just reach out to one person yeah. make that effort you know be abundant in the way that you serve them, yeah. whether it's taking them out for lunch or, hey, is there, if there's any way I can help you, I will. But that's one of the ways I've gone about things is find people that are way better than me. Yeah. And, hey, can we chat? Can I ask yeah. you? Not The big thing is people kind of always do it from a place of receivership. They go, yeah. hey, I, I, you've got an incredible story. You've done so well. I want to learn from you. It's kind of like, well, what am I getting in return? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm always like, I just want to hear your story. Yeah. Like, I don't talk about me learning anything because I know I'll learn just from being around them. And then I'll always be like, how can I reciprocate? How can I say thank you? And mm. it's been one of the biggest ways that I've learned in a variety of areas is just reaching out to those people. Because a lot yeah. of people in that, they lack the, you know, the, the confidence or belief, oh, they won't get back to me. Oh, no. Like, yeah. But as I said, everyone wants to be able to explain their story, especially most mm. successful business people because yeah. they've worked damn hard yeah, to be where they are and to be able to express the, yeah. you know, the joy that they get out of going, dude, I was here. And I, someone. yeah, exactly. Yeah. They love that. And because yeah. so, when they get to that level, typically they're surrounded by people at their success. Yeah. Everyone's been through it so they don't get to kind of celebrate it. Yeah, Whereas yeah. when you got like this, this young whippersnapper, yeah. it's like, Tell me your story. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I will. Come yeah. here. Like, yeah, let so, me leave you in awe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's what you are. You're yeah. like, oh, my gosh. And yeah. it changes your paradigm because then you see what's possible at that level. Yeah, that so. just triggered the thought. Like, use knowledge as a currency, eh? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exchange knowledge as a currency. 100%. 100%. Eh? 
and you guys have got the perfect platform. Yeah. For, for the guys at home, this doesn't apply to you unless you've got a podcast. <laughs> but, but for you boys, like you can yeah. get those those high level people on because they yeah. want to be able to explain their story, yeah. and you can you can be asking those questions. So it's just to me, it's like when you get to be around those those levels of people. Mm everything shifts because you see what's possible at that level and you just like, I want to play at that level, yeah. which is why to me, like um, Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership Program, you know, that's a big investment for a lot of people to make. Yeah. But from the, the people that I've met that are in it, they're like, it's not even necessarily the content you go through. It's the people you're surrounded by because everyone there are, you know, eight, nine figure business people, like tens yeah. to hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars in revenue per year. And they said just being around them shows you like, we're playing at this level. So they're, you know, they're, they're playing at like, oh no, we're cracking a million or we're cracking whatever it is. It's like, yeah. righto, let's do this and this and this and let's scale to here. And they just have exponential growth, not necessarily from the content, but because yeah. they're so inspired about that's possible. They're doing this every day. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So, 100%. yeah, you scale up your group, you scale up your life. Yeah. That so. comes back to our earlier conversation of community. Yeah. Mm. Surround yourself with high striving people good yeah. people yeah and just balance people too you yeah. get the same results as well yeah so that's the exact reason we started stillness yeah. like the sunday stillness obviously now it's linked with the boy like with cool to be conscious which yeah. is amazing because we can support their vision and their mission for raising the consciousness of humanity but what it's because i obviously started it just beforehand yeah my intention was solely to come together with people that were growth-minded, that were in that space, and then from there to be able to pe- meet people that were like, hey, I'm in this area of, of business, or I do this, or yeah. I do this, and be like, sick, let's collaborate. And that's where the collaboration idea started. Yeah. I, it was literally to start off with was a selfish idea for me to meet epic people. Yeah. And then it kind of grew, and I was like, now I don't want to get. I just want to give. Yeah. I want these people to c- collaborate, that, and then whatever yeah. comes from me comes from me. I'm not fussed. It's it's about them because then you're like you get so much fulfillment yeah. from seeing the community and the amount of people that have re- right. you know, reached out and said, "Oh, I met this guy and now we're doing this together." Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, I was just about to say the amount of collaborations and connections I've made yeah. from Sunday stillness of people who are like minded, yeah. like strived, and like balances I've yeah. got in life or what I'm striving for. Just from going down for like an hour and a half on a Sunday. Yeah. Like the last time I went, like, because you do this thing where you lock eyes with a random person. That's the first thing you told me. Was like, bro, <laughs> oh, I did. It was you changed me, bro. <laughs> first thing we had to do, look into someone, some random's eyes, and then he's like, oh, the feeling I had, bro, it was different. Uh, yeah. I was like, no, nah, I'm keen. Yeah. <laughs> the, last, the last time, the one before COVID, the lockdown yeah. happened, I, um, Got linked up with this dude, yeah. and he was talking to me, and it was it, I, I found this not strange, but I found it very um, I don't know what to call it, but I'll explain it. Yeah. So we connected. He's still in high school. Yeah. But he said to me, he goes, "Oh, I just finished gym." I was like, "What gym you go to?" And he goes, "Anytime Fitness." I was like, "I go to Anytime Fitness." And I was like, "No, we started talking," and he goes to Twelve Round Fitness as well. Then he started talking. Oh, I play soccer, and he plays soccer. And we have the exact same uh, yeah, all the yeah, interests. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Just become best friends. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to the two same gyms as me. He can play soccer. soccer. He's into everything like me. That's and nice. I was just like, man, I wouldn't like because he had real long blonde hair and yeah. he looked like a surfer. Yeah. And like it didn't seem like anyone that I would yeah, exactly. just connect with randomly. Yeah. And then I asked him, I was like, How did you find out and find out about Toddy and Sunday Stillness? Yes, I was just walking down the beach and saw everyone doing it and joined. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yes. So like he didn't yeah. know anyone there. He just yeah. grabbed his towel and walked down. Yeah. 
Yeah, love that. so love sick. Love that. Yeah, and he was his body champion. Yeah, don't kill him. Yeah, was, yeah. The vibes would have been attracting, eh? Oh man, the yeah. amount of people oh, that yeah, you no know, doubt. I'll come up and like, so how'd you hear about that? Like, oh, I was walking past last week and I saw it, and I want to try it. Okay, sick. Like, good Love to that, have you. Yeah, yeah like, just yeah. it's it's just been great, bro. it's just been epic. And like I said, it's a gentle intro for people into breathwork and meditation. Mm. But the big thing that everyone gets is the energy of the connection, yeah, especially yeah. at the end when we do the circle. Everyone's just like, whoa, yeah. yeah so. Woo! Yeah, woo! yeah, send it there. Yeah, it's just those vibes. Yeah, and then it, it's yeah, like, and now, yeah, people are like, when are we coming? Like, that's what they message. When are we yeah. coming home? Like, with the lockdown and yeah. whatnot? Because it, it literally feels like that a family, a community. Yeah. I'm so amped for Sunday already. Yeah. I've been saying yeah. it as soon as lockdown was, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah, oh man, just. Usually, the best thing about this being on the Sunday, too, I reckon, Sunday used to be a day people dread. Because work's Monday. And yeah. most people dread going right, back to their same. routine of work and if they don't enjoy their job. Yeah. Now, if it's on a Sunday, it gives people a purpose yeah. on that last day of the week. Yeah, that's a real Sunday yeah. session. They, they come, that's a real Sunday yeah, session. They, they come out of it and they're like motivated, inspired, yeah. uplifted. So oh. rather than it being a down Sunday, even on the Sunday evenings, they're like clicking off, okay, what am I going to nail this week? Yeah. What am I going to do here? These people I'm connecting with. And so Sunday becomes like a momentum rather than you know yeah. the, the evening and it's it's just yeah it's so epic i'm so grateful that you know i reached out to the boys yeah um because that's when i was like i was literally i remember laying in bed after the first night and i was like do i don't i do i don't i and i was like yep doing it collaboration so i messaged yeah. him and i said look i'll do whatever it takes i want to be you know i want to help your vision and mm. and whatnot and and then um yeah after we met and we were chatting and they'd given me the idea of like oh, we spoke because i'd said to them look i'd love to collaborate but i want to know the ins and outs for everyone involved because we want to serve the whole community and not segregate and yeah nice. and then they left it with me and i was laying in bed that night the sunday of it and uh after they'd come down for the first week that i i facilitated with jackie and they dropped in and i was literally laying in bed thinking do i don't i do i and it just hit me and i was like these are you know this is my manifestation these guys are conscious loving growth-minded accepting you know they're grateful joyful fulfilled committed these are the guys and then from there it's just been more and more of those people just flowing in and yeah yeah dude amazing the the vision for that you know is you know if every major city around the country there will be one in the future and then around the world and so you know that every sunday morning at 8 a.m whether you're in sunshine coast or you're in london or you're in yeah, you know florida yeah. you're listening to the same music mm-hmm. going through the same questions the same medi like meditations yeah, and you can connect all around the world and there's it's funny uh, there's actually research done with transcendental meditation uh and there's a formula that a specific number of people dropping into a transcendental meditation can affect like x and i think it was like <sighs> I'm going to butcher the number, but it was like you can have 100 people dropping into a deep transcendental meditation for half an hour, and it has an impact on, uh, it was like a million people. Maybe it was a thousand people meditating has an impact on a million people. And they've they've studied this because they did one major study, and I believe it was back in like the 60s during like it was the Iran war or something. And they, they had this, it was a direct correlation. And they were like, there was no other reasoning for it. It was literally like dotted line on solid line, just toing and froing with the amount of war, the amount of deaths, the amount of violence, crimes, all of that committed. And every time they meditate, they just drop off. And then when they were like, they tried to drop it like this was you know the most high level scientific data and they couldn't they were trying to refute it for ages and they couldn't and then when they finally published it they said look we need more people to research this so then i'm 
you know, I was only listening to this again today. There was like seven or eight other research studies done all with the same thing. So when you have a number of people dropping in to meditate on a space of love and what, you know, whatnot, the surrounding community. So if we've got 100 people there, mm. we're impacting the whole of Sunshine, Sunshine Coast mm. and some of Brizzy from the um, collective consciousness, the collective yeah. energy. And you can look up the, the science behind it if you look up Transcendental Meditation um, Population Impact. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Braden's book, The Divine Matrix, mm. discusses it in depth. Yeah. And that's where I know that I've got it actually in my phone. Like the actual the formula. Matrix, yeah, that. yeah, it's okay. got the formula in the book and that's why I've worked out. Yeah. Yeah. We're having this many people here on a Sunday. This is the amount of people we're impacting. Yeah. It's incredible. There's a chain reaction too, eh? Because like, let's say 200 people come to Sunday Sunday stillness mm. they're going to bump into at least 10 people after that yeah. and then those people that they impact after that is going to impact the next people yeah. it's just yeah. a domino effect of pe- person after person after person that yeah. good vibe just yeah. rolls out you know? yeah. That's, yeah. that's so true because yeah. there was a conversation on Joe Rogan's um, podcast yeah. I'm pretty sure he, maybe it was Jay, uh, Graham Hancock maybe mm. um, anyway they were talking about that they were yeah. talking about how Big groups of people um, in meditate in meditating states and all getting together for mm. to do something that's like um, kind of selfless in a way yeah. impacts like has an impact on like what you yeah. explain. It's like a chain impaction. Um, it's like spilling a drink in a nightclub. Yeah. Just splashing other people. Yeah. yeah. So what you said before, like, makes so much sense. Like, you know, like, that 200 people, you know, they've, you know, they've gained all this, you know, good, energy, good vibe and good yeah. energy and good thoughts and, you know, healthy, healthy way of, you know, looking at the day or whatever. They go about their day. They're going to influence... How, how many other people they influence? Mm. That's like, you know, like, in a chain, they're just... It's, I I'm mean, you at saying, the end of it, it's, it's just a good, Yeah, hundred percent. Do you guys? Is there four spots at the moment? Like Cairns, Townsville, Ah, uh, Cairns, Gold Coast, Coast and then Sunny Coast. Yeah, so Cairns has stopped for the moment because the boys have come back yeah. down, but they'll probably head back up. But they're also going to go down uh, potentially to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, Yep, ruin rice. So what's what's kind of happening is, you know, they'll go to a space and they'll impact, you know, hundreds of people. And then from that, those that are interested in becoming facilitators can, and then that becomes, they become the cool to be conscious facilitator there. So it's kind of like the boys are like the ants dropping the crumbs around everywhere and and that's where the expansion comes. Drop them together where they are. Yep, exactly. Just drop the seeds for the fruits. Yeah, right. I am finding the... That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um... Here we go. How many of the boys are doing this at the moment? Of which boys? Um, the boys that... Is it cool to be con- conscious yeah. that are traveling up and down? Oh, Ru- yeah. Ru and Rai are the founders. Ru and Rai? Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're both the, the New Zealand boys. The, yep. ki- the Kiwis. Hebrew. Nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they started it. Yep. And then they've been running stillness on the Gold Coast. And then they came up to Noosa. And so it was them to begin with. And then they've got Jacob, Cleo, and Rach, which are the Gold Coast main crew. And then obviously Jordan and I on the sunny coast. And so they will travel around and spread it and then obviously will grow. So they're the two that are on the road. And they've got Byron, Byron Morgan, their media boy, their video guy. He's such a little legend. Um, they're, They're the ones traveling around. I'm going to give this stat right now for everyone at home, this this formula. So... 
I've, I've found it and doing that you know the, on Brogan stuff they search it up on the computer yeah. screen yeah. so <laughs> so to create a change of peace within a community and population there is a particular formula that's been shown as the minimum amount for change to be mirrored in the world around them using transcendental meditation and this formula which is the one I was talking about is this so you calculate the population and you calculate 1% of the population and find the square root of that 1%, that will be the number of people required to create peace within to manifest peace without. So if I gave an example, so within a city of 1 million people, there only needs to be around 100 people at once to create an impact in that um, city. What that means is within a world of 6 billion, there only needs to be about 8,000 at once. Wow. So that means that if you know if we can get 200 per location, we only need 40 cool to be yeah. conscious of a Sunday morning and we're going to impact the world in terms of crime, yeah. violence, you know, all of those kinds of things, war. 100%. Um, so yeah. If you change your internal you exchange you right, if you change your internal you change the external which changes other people's internal yeah mm. that's the effect that it has i yeah. believe you're saying yeah absolutely yeah. it's that that's embodiment you know yeah. Yeah. you can speak it but if you're not changing your internal people don't feel it yeah but if you embody it people feel it they live into it yeah yeah that's Ke- keegan smith of real movement or he's now atg he's uh an incredible mentor to to a lot of strength and conditioning coaches and health coaches and whatnot and he was the guy for me because i was you know scientifically background and and i taught a lot and i I embodied let's say half of what we were teaching yeah he was a guy that lived everything like anything he'd be talking about he'd have tested for six months prior and he was the guy that made me go dude he lives everything yeah that I appreciate that I respect that that's becoming me so Keegan was my catalyst for me to go I'm going to embody everything and then speak about it yeah. not speak and then embody it's like no I go through I experiment I experience I test same thing with my athletes and my clients I don't ever get any one of my clients or athletes or anything like that to do anything until I've done it and experimented myself mm-hmm. because I need to be sure the result is worth it yeah. and that's that's huge because once you've done it they can feel it because you can speak with conviction yeah. because you know it's not a oh it could work it's like it does work if you do it this way yeah mm-hmm. so, I love that mm. Mm. so everything we've talked about today or tonight what I want to say is is that um, everyone's probably had the conversation of if you have one superpower what would it be but the thing is, you've all got a superpower. It's in, it's inside your skull. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's your superpower. And not, Boom. There's my bag of diamonds. Yeah, dude. So good. I was literally like, as you started saying the word superpower, I'm like, oh, here comes a question. If I had one, what would it be? And yeah. you just hit the nail on the head. The superpower yeah. is in our head. Yeah, it is our mind. It is. 100%. 100%. Mm. You control your mind. You control your body. You mm. control your life. Yeah, you achieve anything you want. Absolutely. The the limitations that we have are only bound by two things. Yeah. Physical laws, which is, you know, the law of gravity, you know, the law of life and death, our body will degenerate. Yeah. Other than that, you know, those physical laws that are a requirement for our existence, that we need water and we need, you know, sleep and things of that nature. Mm. Anything else career position finances relationships you know the material items that we have the fulfillment that we create our fitness our health all of those things 
are all manifested from the belief that we have we are capable of yeah. that is the ultimate superpower mm. it's you know Definitely. you you think back 500 years ago if someone said we got these little electric boxes in our hands and we can see someone on the other side of the world in real time and be looking at them and they're looking yeah, at us and we're chatting yeah. what that came from someone that had a belief to start and that's yeah, where it begins mm. so you know, we are super, super fucking yeah. powers. Yeah. We, yeah. we have superpowers. Yeah. We're like superheroes. We're building yeah. tunnels. We're sitting yeah. in the building, mad like mankind. I saw a meme the other night, and um, it, oh, it's like an American um, president, whoever thought about like them. How to create power? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Is that Newton? New, yeah, 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 something. Yeah, yeah something. Yeah. Yeah. But the meme, the meme yeah. was like, like. Who, do, who even like who thinks about power when you don't have power? Yeah, this is like, but this, yeah, this is like, their who thing. Like about life when you don't have life? and and they're considered to be batshit crazy know, when yeah. it's happening. But then they're in you know in history once usually once they've died they're like oh my gosh they were a genius. Yeah. Yeah. Einstein was considered crazy. Newton yeah. was considered crazy. Um, oh, there was another physicist. There was Tesla. Oh, Tesla. Yeah, yeah, there was there was a few, and and that's where I guess where I'm at now with the identity mm-hmm. and my experience with that and the system that I've created. I go. I know that I'm going to take this to the personal development space and there are going to be coaches that get rattled and triggered yeah. and because they're going to be like, you know, this is, this is it goes against the grain of, yeah. you know, there's never been anything Science. like this before. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is you know, another layer of depth. It's kind of like from a, a cell phone that you can make calls on to one you can FaceTime mm. on. Like, mm. a cha- you know, let's say we're talking about Nokia yeah. compared to Apple now. Like when Apple was bringing out that, Nokia going, no, we don't like it, rah, 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 because, that, you know, it's it's a level above yeah. or a level deeper. The next thing is going to be like holograms. Yeah. Like they're going to be sitting on your couch as a hologram in yes. the room with you talking. Yeah. yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. So I've, that's... I've, I've had this question bear in my mind. Yeah. When was the first time you meditated? Oh, I don't know. If you know. <laughs> first time I meditated. Yeah. yeah to, to, with the intention of meditating would have yeah. been 2016. <sighs> yep. To probably. So Easter 2016 was when I was first hospitalized. Yeah. So whether that was March or April, I think it was March Easter that year. And it was just the day that I got out of or this day after I got out of hospital so it would have been end of sort of each Easter 2016 because that was when I first saw there's something to this disease you know and this medication thing that I can help myself so that's when I first started I had the Headspace app downloaded and I remember sitting up against the wall legs crossed with like you know the (laughs) the, um the the fingers together like back then because that's the thing and I know we're going to speak about meditation Um, I might drop a couple minutes quickly on that for people is that when I first started um, meditation I was so you know did it the stereotypical way like you know upright back straight you know mm, tight keeping everything spine perfectly erect fingers together oh, a thought happened. No, don't, don't do that. Don't do that, you know? And it was from a place of, you know, because that's how we are. And I said this. how it goes by day. When yeah, like, when you start. Yeah, when you start. Because we have this picture of like so the yogis hard. and the monks meditating. We're like, I got to be like that. Yeah. And, I, and I said this before to, to Bill was that um, we've taken an Eastern tradition with meditation and we've westernized it. But the issue with the westernized culture is it's about doing yeah. and it's about achieving. Whereas in the Eastern culture, in that area, in that tradition, it's about being and in the process, not the outcome. And so what I want to give to everyone at home that have thought about meditating, that are meditating, or that want to try to meditate, 
is this. And this has come from, you know, my experience now from being surrounded by these mm-hmm. these monks and these masters over the last couple of years is that there is no such thing as a good or a bad meditation or a meditative practice. And that's, I don't call it a meditation anymore. It's a meditative practice. Because just like soccer, you practice. You don't, you know, pick it up and then you you Ronaldo. Yeah. yeah it's like you keep working yeah. at it. Yeah. And that's the same thing. It's like you don't go to the gym and magically get jacked. If you stop going to the gym, you revert. Yeah. It's the same thing. The, the brain in that way, it's the conditioning. So there's no such thing as a good or a bad sitting. Because what that does is that creates an attachment and it can create an emotional outcome to it. So, you know, I used to go into a meditation and, you know, I'd go to sit down and when I was in that driven mindset before I'd done the courses and the retreats and these 10-day silent meditation retreats, people at home can look them up, the Vipassana um, is what they're called. I'd sit and I'd be like, I'm going, okay, I'm going into this. I need to calm myself down, so I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes. And I'd sit and I'd be like... And I wouldn't be able to calm my mind. And I'd be like, oh, man, this sucks. This isn't working. And I'd come out of it. I'd be more agitated. And the reason for that was because I had the expectation that I'm going to calm my mind. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't, I was like, oh, man, this sucks. What a waste of time. I just wasted 15 minutes. I could have been doing something else. Yeah. And and the same thing. I was so structured and so rigid in it. And I guess in that, what I want to pass forward, and this is something that I want to gift to the world from a western person that's been the driven guy that now understands and meditates every single day not because I have to because I fucking love it yeah and that is there is there is no good or bad there is just a quiet mind or a fast mind there's thoughts or not thoughts that doesn't determine if it's a good or a bad sitting because let me put it for example let's say you know you've woken up it's chilled out sunday morning nothing's happening you go to meditate you're calm quiet mind next day you go to get up but the night before family members gone to hospital in another state and you can't get down there with you know lockdown at the moment as a general example there's a lot of thoughts going on because there's a lot of what if what if this what if that you can't call that a bad sitting mm. because there's an external that's creating that and that's the subconscious which is the challenge to harness. What I actually do is every practice, every sitting I have is a good practice. It's a powerful practice and like I said, I don't call them a good or a bad, it's just a practice. If I'm quiet, if I have a quiet mind and I'm really calm and it's quite tranquil, then that's you know that's a quiet sitting. That's you know a calm sitting. Mm. I'm enabling myself to go deeper. If I have a, a racing thought or, you know, more thoughts going on sitting, then I'm reminding myself every time my thought wanders and it's happening more, every time I bring it back, that's another rep. That's another, you know, a rep in the bank, you know, a rep on the on the chart, another box ticked because that's what it is. You don't get stronger by doing one rep and yeah. then just holding it there. You get stronger by doing more reps and, and that kind of principle. And so... If anything, those practices where you, in the past for me, I was most frustrated because there was most thoughts. Now they're actually, you know, they're a challenge, but they're the best ones because you come back. Every time you come back is another rep and you're training yourself. And one other thing speaking in that is, and you guys will get this, yeah, is, you know, when you're meditating and, you, you, you know, you kind of got that point where you're like, oh, my mind's quiet. Then your mind wanders. I used to be like this, God damn it. It's wandered. Bring it back. Okay, come back. Oh it's gone again and I get frustrated because you know oh my mind's not quiet I suck at this meditating thing and so what it is now it's a reframe anytime my mind wanders what I you know my the imagery that I give to other people is imagine like a fine crystal wine glass and you've got a like a pure white feather when you notice your mind wander it's like 
you're so gentle with yourself it's like running that pure white feather around the top of the fine crystal it's like huh it's my like mind wandered balls. yeah exactly yeah. literally so Just, so subtle some videos yeah. of it and I was oh, like yes yeah. 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 like around the sound bowl yeah, so, so so when you realize it's being as gentle with yourself as going that's another rep. Okay. Mm. And by doing that, you actually quiet the mind more because you're not in a reactive, agitated state. You know, the fucking... Yeah. That creates more agitation, more stress, more sympathetic mm. state. Mm. But when you can anchor yourself to go, anytime it wanders, oh, that's cool. I get another rep in. I'm training myself more now. Yeah. And so it is a practice. And so there's those things. There's never a good or a bad practice. There's just a quiet or, you know, a noisier. And even that's generalized because every time it's just a practice. And then there's the being gentle with yourself. And I also do this thing I teach people is every time you catch your thought, give yourself like an imaginary pat on the back. Hey, yeah. I caught that. You know, yeah. a month ago, I wouldn't have caught that. I would have been that's in so that for 10 minutes. Hey, yeah. Uh, to be so like gentle with yourself, yeah. with how you talk to yourself mm. and, and like, yeah, it, it, it's so important, eh, to mm. be so gentle with yourself, like, because um, how you talk to yourself, your body, you don't know, like, how your body or your um, mind's reacting sometimes yeah. if you're yeah. talking to yourself badly. Yeah. Um, Cause, yeah, because... Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go, G, because <laughs> it, it, sometimes it feels like um, if you're, like, like, um, yeah, if you, example, if you do something and then if you... I'm not sure. Like you don't give yourself enough praise, mm. but you know you just you're just so crit- you, you know, go to the yeah, next critiquing, thing. Yeah, critiquing yeah. yourself. Um, I feel like that just takes away your confidence yep. to like to keep going and the like, drive to continue drive, because yeah, that's because what we ultimately you're kind of seek. Just telling yourself you're shit at doing yeah. it. Like, yeah. Well, when we have exactly as we've spoken about before, the achievement, yeah. what we're seeking is yeah. the feeling. So if you get there and you don't give yourself the feeling, you don't have drive to continue. It's like mm. the dopamine feeling. Yeah. So I, I literally practice this now. When I do something well, I literally yeah, me too, give like, myself a pat yeah, on the I'm back really and I give myself a little practice, dance. Like, if I do something good, I try to like be like, oh man, like, you know, like well even done. hype myself up. Like I yeah. listen to it back and like I'll take like half an hour just to sit there listening to the same five minutes over and over again and be proud of what I yeah. like, created because I never had that process. I was just like, go, 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 keep go. Going. Like, you yeah. know, like, and like if I even had like some doubt of, um, or should I rewrite that? Nah, nah, nah. Mm. Like I just always had, nah, there's nothing. It's just go. I'm yeah. doing it. It's gone. But like the more I, um, more I'm getting gentle with myself, the more I'm realizing it's okay to go back and fix things. And like mm. you know, I I have so much writing that like in the last few weeks I've just gone back and written more to them or edited so much where I've been like so happy with them, yeah. like where they've just been in my fucking notes for like over a year or in a bit, you know. Yeah. So like me tell like petting myself has given me confidence with the stuff that I've left in my notes I just wouldn't have thought I'd go back and read them again or um, you know rewrite things but yeah like it just gave me more confidence of like yeah that was the stuff I did when I first started writing um, but I'm still proud of what I did then yes Um, now what can I put now that I've learned now that I'm like you know telling myself I'm good and stuff so it's just like I'm, I'm making this old writings better so it like it like let um, let me know in some way that talking to myself nicely is actually 
real like um rewarding yes yeah. it's like the, the number one thing always for, like being like nah you know yeah. for long term progression is is the celebration yeah and that's something I need to work on with the pro athletes yeah. is because you know we've all been to it you're so driven it's like yeah you get that and then the next thing but no, you've no, got to no, take time to celebrate next thing, yeah. it feels like what's what's next? Next? One, what's next one of the biggest things they find when they interview pro athletes after their careers if there's one thing you could do what was it I wish I took in more of it. Mm. I've I've experienced that personally with a few of them. That's Michael Jordan. Yeah, dude, and that, and like yeah. the same thing um, with with a few of the guys. It's like I travelled all around the world. I never took it in because I was so focused on this because they weren't present. And that links in with the meditation side of it is because you know when you you sit down for those that are at home and they've meditated before, if they sit down with the intention of I'm doing this meditation to be calmer afterwards. They're already going backwards because they're not even in the present because they're thinking about this is going to help later so if and that's if they if that doesn't happen then they get frustrated exactly yeah. and then, so what it's another part of the reframe when you go to meditate is this is my time to enjoy now mm-hmm. and by doing that it's kind of like you know we don't rise to the level of our goals we fall to the level of our habits yeah. so if our process in the now the meditation is i'm just going to enjoy this now Mm. this time right now to just be quiet and still mm. and really tap in then you come out calm because you're not trying to get it for an outcome you're doing it for the sake of doing it yeah. and that's again where this western culture has taken this thing that's about being and made it into a doing i'm doing the meditation to be better or to have more control over my mind or to do this or to do that it's like it's so true eh? yeah, the, yeah. the monks don't meditate to to have a better result in six hours they meditate yeah. for what it is right now yeah and and that's the same thing, you know, like when the athletes train and they're training for the outcome, they get to the end of their career. Oh, I wish I took in more of it because they're not here now. They're thinking about what it'll lead to. But right. the only moment you ever have is the present moment. And so yeah. many of us are caught up in the future moment that what this is going to lead to, they miss the depth of life. You know, it's people get to 80 years old and go, shit, yeah. I wish I took more of that mm. stuff in. And that's, you know, the meditation is a perfect example of that because it teaches you to stop and be in the here and now and enjoy it. Yeah. And when you do that, it'll actually teach you by the conditioning we spoke about earlier. Mm. Like when you do it now, it leads into the later, like the marathon versus the sprint yeah. guy. People in the podcast can be like, man, that was like six days ago in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've been chatting. That's, that's that. Oh, right. Yeah, when was that? Yeah. Was that a different episode? Oh, that was it. We've been, we've, been, we've been drilling. That's, but that's what happens is, is it conditions you that you're becoming more appreciative and fulfilled in the present. We spoke about fulfillment. Yeah. That, that then you leave it and then you kind of, again, it's the conditioning. you like then going to... Um, you know, sit with a friend and you're actually present with the friend hearing them, mm. not, yeah, 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 I get you, I get you. Here's my story. Yeah. You're, you're fully yeah. with them. And that is one of the, you know, the biggest parts of it is, so for that meditation is don't do it to do it. Just be in it. And, yeah. um, and you go by what feels good. Like if, if you lean into a meditation that's about, you know, feeling some gratitude and feeling an emotion, do that. If you're the person that likes to just focus on the breath, do that. If you want to, you know, do the OM mantra, do that. Just. I was going to ask about that. Um, have you tried it yourself? All the yeah, yeah um, many different mm-hmm. yeah yeah all yeah. I've I've tried a lot of different you know strategies yeah. techniques methods over the last couple of years just because that's you know I want to find yeah. what really fits with me and and I find that when and again this is now following all the courses and the retreats 
is that when I do the meditations based on solely focused on like creating a feeling or a manifestation, I get the feeling, but I haven't, I don't feel I've quietened myself as much. When I go and do my anapana, which is the full focus on the breath for the half an hour, mm-hmm. I come out of it and I'm so serene, so calm. And obviously that's taken practice, yeah. but that's what I, is my go-to for calming. So when my energy's up, I can do the manifestation, you know, that full, you know, meditation that way but when i really want to calm myself i'll use that and and yeah the the any humming noise any um, or anytime you can feel your vocal box your, your voice box um vocal cords vibrating that's actually stimulating the vagus nerve which is the nerve that connects the brain and all the internal organs which is your parasympathetic nerve it's the one that gets us to rest and digest to calm so one of the best things you can do for the vagus nerve is actually yeah make a vibrating noise through the through the voice box and that calms it the other way to do it is you know it's really slow deep exhales so yeah sometimes if i'm like let's say i'm feeling stressed and i've got a meeting in three minutes i'll just sit there and i'll do like a five second inhale 20 second um exhale because that i know that that's sending the signal to the vagus nerve chill out so Yeah. yeah um but again with the the meditations as well is um there's 20 the the mark where the frontal lobe so that front part of the brain that's got the little inner dialogue the little monkey mind that starts to quieten down at the 20 minute mark so they've done a lot of research and at that 20 minute mark it's kind of like the brain almost goes into like surrender like righto we get you're not going to get up and do stuff so we'll chill out a bit so if, if you're doing like 15 minutes 17 minutes i urge you to go 25 to, to push that little yeah. bit but if you're at the 10 minute then hey stay there for now um, and my, my general rule of thumb with people starting is the one minute rule which I know was on yeah. your list yeah. implement the one minute rule because if you just have meditate for one minute that could literally mean you get to work you know a bit early you sit on the couch and you just breathe for one minute tick that box sweet and that way it keeps it as a habit because what creates the big change is not one hour sitting done once in a year it's the minute done every day mm. or the two minutes done every day and from there once people are doing the minute they're like Marathon, oh yeah. Eh? Yeah. yeah 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 it's that conditioning so 100 um, yeah. and, and it is so powerful yeah. so so powerful In- incredible mm. yeah well, what do you reckon? Oh, boys. Uh, we're about to clock three hours. Yo, oh, yes! <laughs> Woo! Let's it's a go. vibe. Let's go. Three hours. I'll go get dinner and we'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll order. Oh, far out. Yeah. No, that was a bloody amazing episode. Yeah, I know. Well, I've only got one word that's well. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, yeah. yeah. No, what Scout said and... We're grateful for you coming today. Like so we were red, we were red before you came because yeah. you know we knew you were going to be a good vibe. But yeah. this is a vibe. Yeah. Yes. And the thing is, to, a really good thing about this, it feels like I could go for another three hours. Yeah, oh, dude. What, yeah, it's like, what yeah. topic do we want to drop into? Yeah. Like, you know, you've had a vibe. Yes. Like, yeah. Time's just gone so quick. You've learned so much. I've been so much. I've been excited for a while to do a big, lengthy podcast because yeah. it's like you just get in flow yeah. and it just, you know, what the juice flows out yeah. and that's yeah. what's been sick. It's like we don't have a time limit to, oh, I've got to try and jam that yeah. in. It's like it'll just happen naturally. So, dude, yeah. if any boys want to do a part two, we'll go into oh, yeah. could, like Definitely, do a... <laughs> For those that are listening in, send the boys a message, you know, because I'll be yeah. sharing this up as well. Shoot me a message on Insta and be like, hey, we want to hear you talk about this. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we'll go it's deep dive into those in the next one. Yeah, so sick. Because um, I wrote two pages worth of stuff and I reckon 
Well, yeah, answered about seven of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. I was like, these are what we might chat about. And I looked yeah. at it and I was like, sweet. There's like, let's say there's 30 things there. You would, yeah, we probably got less than a third. Yeah. Boom. But to finish off, <laughs> I just want to give you the opportunity for our listeners that may not know where to find you. Yeah. Where can they find you? Uh, on Instagram, Todd underscore Jarrett, yeah. which is where I'm most active. Um, I'm on there most days posting stories and stuff like that and <clears throat> trying to give the, you know, what's going on in the day-to-day. I have a, the Facebook page is Coach Jarrett. I usually just share stuff straight across from Insta. Yep. Um, and, yeah, if people want to reach out, send me a DM on Instagram. That's, you know, because that's where I'm most active. And I'll always, as I say, um, I'll audio message people back most of the time because it's just more efficient. Yeah. And uh, and I'll always help however I can. That's a, that's a massive thing. And if you're hearing this and, you know, come down to stillness of a Sunday, get your yeah, ticket. Definitely. And, um, oh, man. I highly you, recommend. Yeah. So. I got a tune in, bro. I'm kidding. Yeah. We just want to finish off by saying we're very appreciated that you come down and we can't wait for part two. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, the <laughs> boys. <laughs> Pleasure, bro. Pleasure. Oh. See you later.